This is our story. They have my diamond. I think you can manage a couple girls. like a billion, I pop it and then I reload. Oh, please. If he gets a diamond, you'll be unstoppable. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I like it when you got my crazy looking shoe. Keep calling, baby. Nothing gets a guy's attention like violence. Yeah. Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey. Episode 320. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftover. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftover. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Pudding, you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. But if I'm being honest, this show creeps me the fuck out. I toss it. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second week after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. I'm Jason. And we're, and we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yeah. Wow. I, I can hear uh, people, old school listeners, just cheering as they heard uh, the third leftover making uh, making a making a comeback. Not a full comeback, but a comeback on this <laughs> yeah. episode. Welcome, Jay. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you guys? Not too shabby. Good. Shabby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, no, nothing. Wow. All right. Hasn't been on the show in over a year, and then he's got nothing to add. <laughs> I haven't skipped a beat. You haven't. So. <laughs> so, Jay, what have you done over the last year? Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, we're here to talk about Birds of Prey, but we are still not alone. We also have another guest uh, from the animated Batcast and Movies from the Heart. Paul Hart, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so happy that Jay's on, so I can say I shaved my balls for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! And there's no question mark to it. I I totally yeah. Right. No, no. I'm totally excited to be on. Talk about this. So uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, guys. We're talking about uh, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And uh, we are going to be jumping into full spoilers on this episode. It probably would help if I had my jingles up. I do. Here we go. Bumpers. So here's your official spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been warned. All right. So there was your spoiler warning. And uh, this we're going to be talking about uh, Birds of Prey. It's the eighth film in the DC extended universe. And it's a follow up to Suicide Squad back in uh, 2016. Synopsis for this one. It's open season on Harley Quinn when her explosive breakup with the Joker puts a big fat target on her back. Unprotected and on the run, Quinn faces the wrath of narcissistic crime boss Black Mask and his right hand man, Victor Zaz and every other thug in the city. But things soon even out for Harley when she becomes unexpected allies with three deadly women 
Huntress, Black Canary, and Renee Montoya. Directed by Kathy Yan, she directed a movie called Dead Pigs, which I've never seen. Have, have, has anybody seen Dead Pigs? No. Hmm. Nope. I saw Babe. dead pigs it's about dead pigs is about a bumbling pig farmer a feisty salon owner a sensitive bus boy an expat architect and a disenchanted rich girl converge and collide as thousands of dead pigs float down the river towards a rapidly modernizing shanghai so sounds like a uh uplifting film (laughs) <laughs> what a catastrophe, Jesus. Fucking heart, heartwarming story of dead pigs. There, so. Birds of Prey is written by Bumblebee scribe Christina Hodson, who is also writing the Flash movie. And uh, is it still happening? Is the Batgirl, if Batgirl is still on the docket, she's attached to write that project as well, if it's in a, hmm. it is still in development. I know... Josh Whedon's off the project. I think that they have, aren't they looking at like a female director for that one? Is it still, is it, are they still going forward with that one, Paul? Do you know? I, I've heard it's not off the table and I know, um, I think Bryce Dallas Howard has thrown her interest into wanting to direct the movie. Bryce Dallas, oh yeah, she did some, uh, Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be a good fit for it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, I would like to see that. That's cool. Uh, this movie stars Margot Robbie, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett Bell. I loved her in Friday Night Lights. Paul, did you watch Friday Night Lights? Of course I did. I thought you did. I thought you were one of my FNL fan friends. Texas forever, man. <laughs> Dude, I fucking, she was so good in that show. And it was like, that was like when, when they lost Smush. And then they got, then they cast Michael B. Smash. Jordan. Sm- oh, it was Smash. When they yeah. lost, when they lost him, Smush, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shmush, that's like the Jersey Boys or whatever. Yeah, it was Jersey Shore. The I have no right? idea. I, I never watched Jersey Shore, so I don't know where Smush came from. But Smash, when they lost him, I was like so worried about that show. And then they got Michael B. Jordan and he was fantastic. And then, they, and then she was like the love interest of his. Yeah, well, like I, I still think her and, um, her and Landry should have gotten together. But oh, yeah, yeah. You have to have him. You have to have her and Michael B. Jordan. I mean, yeah, it just makes sense. But yeah, dude, that that, that show is is one of the best shows out there. Uh, this also stars Rosie Perez, Chris Messina, Ella J. Bosco, Ali Wong, uh, and Ewan McGregor. Uh, before Ewan McGregor was cast as Black Ma- Black Mass, they were looking at uh, Charlotte Copley and Sam Rockwell to play Black Mass. I honestly think. Either one of those guys would have would have done a good job in the role, but they passed on it. Totally, I would love to see Sam Rock. I mean, I love what we got with you and McGregor, but I just watched uh, JoJo Rabbit today with Sam Rockwell, and I think he would have killed it. I just watched him in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as Head Thug a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Brilliant, and I'm right there with you. Uh, also, want to point out. Uh, for Fargo season three fans, that this movie reunites Ewan McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, mm-hmm. both in that mm-hmm. season. And I hear, I hear Fargo season four is coming out. We're talking about everything but Birds of Prey, but I hear Fargo season four comes out in April. Is that true? Yeah, and the trailer looks amazing. With Chris oh, I haven't Rock. seen that. Shit. It looks awesome. I haven't seen oh, it Chris either. Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Oh, man, Rock. I didn't even know Chris Rock was in that. Oh, Shit. yeah. You should be listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, Jay. 
<laughs> we, we talk about that kind of stuff here, man. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> it looks like it's a prequel to season two. Mm. Oh, which, really? Yeah, which took place in the 70s, like how they're building up the whole Kansas City Mafia. Oh, oh wow. that's cool. Yeah, it looks fucking awesome. Oh, man. I wonder if it's going to be great. I wonder if we'll get some of those characters back from, like, season two. You know? Oh, I mean? yeah. Give me Hansi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys caught this. I caught one. I caught one. But Birds of Prey features two cop characters that are named after Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. Now, Tim was the co-creator of Batman the Animated Series, and Paul Dini uh, is the creator of Harley Quinn. Now, here's it was Dan Cole played Officer Tim after Bruce Tim, and it's spelled the exact same way. I could not find the Paul Dini cop anywhere in uh, either either Wikipedia or IMDb. So I don't know if that's true or not. Or maybe it was a deleted scene that didn't make it. Possibly. I just didn't see it. Derek Wilson, who played Tim Evans, he was uh, the, kind of like the partner for Renee, Renee Montoya when they were uh, investigating uh, that uh, that murder at the beginning. And uh, that was uh, Derek Wilson. He played Tim Evans. He he played Wolf in uh, Future Man for fans of that show. Oh, that was Wolf? That Shit. was Wolf, yeah. yeah. I didn't even recognize him. Wow. Yeah, with his hair that way. I didn't either at first. No. But, yeah. Uh, totally different character, too. But Yeah, yeah completely different character. <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga was offered a lead role in the film, but she turned down the offer. I found that out. Found that interesting. Birds of Prey has a runtime of one hour and forty nine minutes, and an estimated budget of eighty four million dollars. What we're going to do right now is we are going to rate the film. So I'm going to play our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. I am going to start with uh, Paul. Me and you have been kind of like, and I'm not saying this is all over the Internet, you know, but like. I'm sure there's other people that were big, like, uh, fans of, uh, proponents and, and kind of cheering this movie on, like maybe the little movie that could, if it's gonna, you know, and we're talking about critical acclaim, how the movie is perceived, how the people enjoy it at the end of the day. We thought that there was a good chance and the movie looked good enough and we were all ready for this movie. We were not gonna shit on this one. Um, and you and me, we were both really excited to go in to see this movie. So now that you've had a chance to see it, I want to know your thoughts on uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, uh, totally. I was able to see it twice. Um, I saw it last night and this morning. Uh, last night was probably one of the best crowds I've had. It was a sold-out house, which was surprising because what I'm reading is that it's not doing great in the box office. But we had a sold-out house and um, really great energy, so I saw it again this morning. And I'm going to jump right to it. Uh, I, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I, I had such a blast with this movie last night. And then when I saw it again this morning, thought maybe it was just the energy of the crowd. And this morning it was pretty much just me and a couple other people. And for me, it did everything I wanted it to do. It, it gave me awesome action sequences. Um, it established, like, it kind of erased Suicide Squad for me. Like, it made Harley Quinn her own entity where she's someone away from the Joker, like it, it, it had a lot of jokes that worked. Maybe some that didn't. Um, I loved you and McGregor. Um, Black Canary was one of the show stealers for me. 
I just had a huge, like, I, I had a blast with it. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a Tupperware. Nice. Starting off with a Tupperware for Birds of Prey from Paul. Uh, I'll move on uh, to Jay. What would you think, man? Uh, you know, I just got to say I didn't, I didn't have any hype for this. Um, uh, so I was kind of going into it with very, you know, low expectations. Um, I didn't really know who this movie was, you know, supposed to be for, why they were making it necessarily. Um, but that being said, like it, uh, I'm kind of torn on it. Um, I'm going to give it a low tasted actually. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. It had a lot of you know, uh, all the actors, actresses involved, I loved. I loved the characters. Um, but the, and it had a lot of really good pieces, a lot of good elements. Um, so it wasn't a terrible story or anything like that. I, there was just something about it that fell flat for me. Like I didn't, I didn't get pumped really about anything. I didn't like leave with anything after I saw it, you know, uh, so. I thought it was fun. Like, I will watch it again, and I think there's enough there. Like, I do want to see a sequel to this. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And I think that's with a lot of, um, you know, like, first superhero movies. Like, for me, this is, you know, forget Suicide Squad. Definitely what Paul said. Like, this, you'll you'll definitely forget Suicide Squad after watching it. But I think with a lot of first, you know, like superhero type films, they're they're a little bit weak to me. And and this is just another one of those examples. And, you know, I think go see it. It's fun, but it's it's still not even a middle of the road, really, for me. I'm not going to rewatch it a ton, you know, so. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll unpack it more. And I want you to kind of like expound upon some yeah, of the things yeah. that you didn't like or that uh, didn't uh, hit with you. Um, I'll just jump in next. Uh, I'll save Jake for last. Um, I, uh, I was, I was really super excited for this movie. I had a lot of hype, especially, you know, weeks going into it. I was, I, you know, I'd heard like some of the, some of the screeners, some people didn't like it, but I heard a lot of positive stuff. Like I, I, you know, I'm on the DCEU leak subreddit on Reddit and I read like, the leaks that came out, a lot of the stuff that had been reshot, they changed, but a lot of it still stayed the same. Like the ending, I, I, I knew what was going to happen at the end and things like that. So, um, just with little things, but, um, so I was still excited to see this movie. And and then when the critic scores came out and they were really positive, started off at like a 92%. Then last time I checked, it's at an 86. It could be up, could be down now. I don't know. But, um, then I was like really excited to see this. And, I will say that I had a fucking blast with this movie. I will give it a Tupperware. I absolutely loved yeah. it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fun. It, 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 what I liked so much about this one too is it was basically all personal stakes. Personal stakes for all these ladies that are involved in this movie. It wasn't Suicide Squad where you're taking basically like some of these street level characters and it's like they have to save the world, which I thought was complete bullshit at the end of the day for that movie. Like just give me fucking real stakes for these ladies. And I felt like they all had like their, uh, you know, they, they all had stakes in this one. Uh, they all had like their reasons for being in this movie. Um, I guess I could say that I guess the only character that they really didn't do justice to in the comic, which it doesn't really bother me is Cassie Kane. But yeah. um, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with her character going forward in the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, the character has been Batgirl, you know, so 
I don't know. I don't know if that's where they're planning on going with her character later on down the road or if she's just going to be kind of like comic relief, a little bit of a side character for Harley Quinn going forward in future films. Um, I think Kathy Ann did a great job. I, I honestly, I think it's, in my opinion, she did a great job directorially, but I, I gotta give most of the props to Christina Hodson for this, for this screenplay. I think the screenplay is great. Um, Kathy Ann did a great job though. I think she did fantastic, but I think, uh, we gotta give a lot of credit to Chad Stahelski's, uh, company 8711 for all the action in this film. This is some of the best action I've seen in a superhero movie. We get great action, you know, like in the Captain America movies. But man, this is like, this is like, you know, we're talking about Chad Stahelski, the guy behind the John Wick films. Yes. You know, and like people will say like, oh, he just, he came in there for the reshoots. And I will, I'm going to address that here in a second because I do have an article I want to read before I pass it off to Jake. But 8711 was involved from the entire production. Like Chad Stahelski was there for the reshoots and there for some of the filming, but like 8711, his production company, his stunt company, they were there for the entire movie. So it's not like they just, they brought this guy in to fix everything. Mm -hmm. He was there the whole time. His company was. I I do have a gripe though with the, um, the action scene. I saw this the first time in IMAX and I sat pretty fucking close to the screen. I'm not like in the front row or anything, but I sat pretty close. I wanted to, wanted to be really close to the action. And when they're doing some of the action scenes with Harley, you can, (laughs) it's the the stunt double. The stunt double is bad. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. And, and when I saw it, in Jake, Jay, when I saw it the second time, I just went to a regular theater. And the third time I saw it, I just went to a regular theater. It wasn't as glaring. But when you see it in IMAX and you sit close, that scene where she is, uh, in the prison and she's breaking out Cassie Kane and yeah. in the jail and, and the water's coming down from the ceiling. You can every fucking time you can see <laughs> that stunt double's face. Like, you yeah. think, and, and, and like, it's not like they haven't done, watch I, Tanya with Bargo Robbie. When she's doing that skating and flipping around, they like superimpose her face over the, the skater. And they, and yeah. I, they did not do that here. They felt like, okay, she's just, <clears throat> we can just use a girl that looks really like her, that looks a lot like her. And she's wearing the same makeup, has the same hair. You could tell, first of all, that her body builds a little bit different. Than Margot mm-hmm. Robbie, she's got because she's got like all this upper body strength. She's got a wider back, and you could tell, especially because like she's running away towards the door <laughs> at one point, and then later on we get another scene of Harley Quinn running down an alley after uh, you know she's released from Black Mask and she's sent on her mission to get Cassandra Kane. And you can look at their backs. I know I'm being nitpicky here, but that's just if you can do it in Itania, you could have spent a little bit of money to do it here. Um, and, uh, that really, that's my only gripes. I think the visually, the music, uh, the, the, the movie's awesome. I loved, uh, most of the songs that were in this fucking, I've been listening to that Halsey song experiment on me. It's like, that song's badass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I really, I, and, uh, just like, uh, I, the, fuck, they, 
even the hyena looked real. Like, let's do something about her fucking stunt double. I mean, it looked like a, it looked like a real fucking hyena. I couldn't believe it. Um, I had a blast with this fucking movie. I thought it was funny. I thought Margot Robbie, for me, redeemed herself in this movie. I know a lot of people will disagree with me because you absolutely loved her in the Suicide Squad. I, for one, was not a huge fan of her in Suicide Squad. Uh, loved her in this though. Like she is Harley Quinn now. Like she is Harley Quinn. Um, so good. Uh, but, uh, and I loved a, loved a lot. I, I do think the birds, everybody's gonna say it. Oh, birds of prey got shortchanged in this one. And sure they did. Yeah, they did. But I honestly, I think that they might even get shortchanged when they get their own film. And we'll talk about that later. But, um, uh, I'll, I'll pass it off to Jake and we'll just start to unpack this one. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah. Um, I went into this movie probably more with Jay's attitude than with Brian and Paul's attitude. Um, not that I thought I was going to hate it, but just not the, you know, overwhelming excitement already going in. And, uh, yeah, I came out of this movie absolutely loving it though. This is a very high Tupperware for me. I thought it was easily the best DCEU movie to date. Um, hands down to that. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was fantastic. I agree that Kathy Yan deserves a lot of praise here. I thought the action sequences were very kinetic, very easy to follow. Um, they, the camera kind of never cheated. I, I guess when you see a stunt double in IMAX, that's a little bit of a, a fault because the camera work was so good. But yeah, I mean, I thought the roller skate car action sequence was just astounding. I thought the funhouse stuff at the end was really, really cool. Yeah, this was just such a fun movie. I thought there was – I laughed plenty of times. Um, some of the body horror actually made me a little bit squeamish. So, yeah, I thought it was great. I loved Ewan McGregor as the villain. was really fun. Um, I liked the K here and there. Um, there was just a fun little, like, word he always seemed to use. Um, I thought the guy that played Zazaz was great. What is his name? Uh, Chris Messina? Chris Messina, Victor Zazz, yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought he was really cool as that character. I'm you know, definitely... they were they were originally going to get John, they tried to get John Leguizamo to play that character. No, that would have been really neat. Oh. I yeah. really loved Rosie Perez in this movie as yes. Montoya. I thought she was just fucking fantastic. Probably my favorite character, honestly. Um, I agree. My only complaint is kind of the same title cosmetic complaint that Brian just addressed. I, I mean, sure, this movie probably should have just been called. Harley Quinn, and it also featured the Birds of Prey leading into an actual Birds of Prey movie. But that's some nitpicky, nerdy shit, and I understand why they did what they did. It doesn't really bother me that much, but it's a valid complaint, I guess, if that's your bag, and I can completely relate with that. Um, I also loved the fucking music in this. It was easily the best scoring job and just picking of songs job they've ever done in a DC movie. I also think the Halsey song is just fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a great movie. Um, I eagerly await owning this movie and being able to watch it a dozen times while playing computer games. Yeah, it's a great movie. I, uh, let's, here we go. Let's talk about this. Uh, let's unpack this fucking thing. We'll start off with like people that are like, uh, it should have just been called a Harley Quinn movie. I guys, they had originally, and I don't know if this is the deal, but it was originally, this was, this was originally, this was Margot Robbie's idea. She pitched this movie to, to Warner Brothers. And I don't know, does it go back to pitching 
two movies because it feels like this was two movies combined in one because we originally heard that there was going to be a Harley and Joker movie. And I felt like, I felt like that movie was going to be, um, you know, the, the breakup. And it felt like maybe the second movie was like the, the birds of prey movie. And they just kind of like the Harley and birds of prey and they kind of combined everything. But I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think if, if it, I don't, I honestly, like, I know we're probably going to get a Birds of Prey solo film eventually, you know, if, and this movie's not doing too great, so who knows, realistically. <laughs> but here's the thing, it's like, if we do, I don't know, I, part of me, part of me just, part of me does not think that what we got from them in this movie, as much as I loved, you know, Journey Smell at Bell as Black Canary, and, you know, I, I don't know if they showed enough in this movie to kind of convince me that they can handle a movie, a solo movie on their own. Like, I don't, did we get to know Mary Elizabeth Winstead's The Huntress enough in this? She was socially awkward because she was like raised by these, you know, uh, you know, guys who were teaching her how to fight and, and be an assassin and stuff like that. And that was kind of like her thing. But it was like, we didn't really get to know her throughout this movie. I, I don't know if we got enough from the, those three to warrant giving them their own movie. No, you're right. It's almost like you'd have to do another origin movie to even make it make sense why they're getting their own movie. I, just like you're saying, us not knowing Hunters very well was almost a plot point of the movie. Like some of the jokes almost landed because of how little they let us know that character. Like that's how the, what my name is stuff even kind of relied on mm-hmm. is yeah. the idea of we haven't really built up the character too much. You don't, we don't, movie. we don't even need, seriously, when it comes down to it, do we really need to know her backstory other than what we got? Like if no. you, if you want to know her full backstory, just watch kill bill volume two. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree though. Why, why are they motivated to even be teamed up and, and why are, you know, why are they still together? Like that, that was very odd. Well, I, I think that at the end of the day, when she, when she, like, what does she have? What's her purpose at the end of the day? They kicked ass together and I don't think that she's ever had like girlfriends. And so maybe they can explore that, like how, you know, cause like at, we're at the end of the movie, like she's sitting there at the table and she's like, I like the way that you could kick real high wearing tight pants. It, she didn't really <laughs> know how to give a compliment to another girl. She'd never done that before. And she's having like her first moments of girl bonding. And maybe she wants that in her life. I mean, she's been raised by men and, and I mean her scenes of like, and I loved it. I loved it. Her scenes of fucking being trained and stuff like that. It, it felt very much inspired by Quentin Tarantino. And and if you don't believe me, if you're like, ah, oh, Kathy Ann wouldn't do that, you know, she, this is her own movie. It felt like, if you don't believe me, the, the, this movie started under the working title of Fox Force 5. <laughs> Fox Force 5 was the name of the fictional TV show that never made it to, like, uh, past the pilot in uh, in the movie Pulp Fiction. It's a fictionalized show. But it, mm-hmm. and that that was the working title of this before they came out with the official title. It was Fox Force Five, 
And so don't tell me that, and Margot Robbie was in fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So don't tell me that there's, that there's not, that, there's, that she's not paying homage a little bit to Quentin Tarantino in this movie with that backstory. That was 100% felt like it was out of, uh, Kill Bill Volume 2. And, and for that reason, I kind of loved it. So, um. Yeah. I thought the time flow itself in this movie was very Tarantino-esque. I, I, I thought it almost felt like the Pulp Fiction of comic book movies in the way we kind of bounced around and got back to same points in the movie we'd already seen again oh i loved it because it's like harley quinn getting ahead of herself she's like oh fuck yeah in order to understand that we got to go back you know yeah it was like the unreliable reliable narrator unreliable reliable i like that because i I was not about to say unreliable narrator because she's 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 doing a good job of narrating this fucking exactly but on the flip side she's like a little bit scatterbrained and all over the place yeah, and, she's like a pinball. But ding, what? Ding, 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 ding. But work. But work. What works so really fucking good with that is the part when they're um break when when she's getting ready to break Cassie Kane out of jail. I'm asking the question: How does she even know about Cassie Kane having the diamond? And then all of a sudden, she comes back in as the narrator, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Before we get any farther in this, I should tell you how this all came together. And I'm like. Beautiful, fucking beautiful, because I have no idea why you're here right now. She's fucking going, <laughs> she's going in there shooting these cops up with those bean bags. And I'm like, why is she there? How does she know? And did you notice at the end of the movie when, when, uh, Montoya's packing up her shit and they're all like congratulating the chief and shit on a job well done and like busting those gangs and stuff? Did you notice that one of the officers had an eye patch on? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's from getting hit in the face with a goddamn beanbag earlier in the movie. And half of them got fucking like arms and braces and shit. I loved it. Oh man. I fucking This I, whole movie made my knees hurt. There's there's so much damage to the legs in this movie. Oh my Oh, the driver. The driver. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Did you know that that okay, that guy, that driver played a Russian I think he was a Russian bodyguard in John Wick and John Wick fucked him up in those movies, which was a stad to hell, stad to, uh, Chad Stahelski film. So I love how he brought that actor from it, from the John Wick movie into this movie. I just thought that was pretty awesome. He's in the matrix too. He was one of the, uh, agents. I well, believe. Yeah. Oh, Chad Stahelski or the guy, uh, the guy that got his legs broken. Okay. Uh, can't remember his name. Yeah, he well, Chad Stahelski did uh, stunts on the Matrix. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that must be what I'm thinking. Yep. No, and the I, crow I, too, right? I think Sorry. that you're thinking that he probably knows that guy from working on the Matrix. Brought him over to John Wick, and then brought you know brought him over to this movie as well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he's been a lot of those. I knew I recognized him somewhere. I had seen him before, but yeah, that was a brutal scene. Shit. Oh God, yeah, fucking uh, when she's. Uh, uh, in the evidence room, and she takes the bat to that one guy's leg, snaps the knee in the opposite way it should go, snaps the other knee in the opposite way it should go, and then snaps that knee back into place, and he just kind of falls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's so brutal. You know, and um, I hate to, like, rewind, but I want to go back to your Kill Bill stuff is uh, one of my – favorite scenes was the animation at the beginning and that took me to the lucy lou origin story in kill bill volume one yeah where they used animate like it like an anime style to show her origin so i really i i do think you're 100 percent correct that this is deeply inspired by the kill bill series 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think some of it is definitely pulled and inspired from uh, Quentin Tarantino stuff, and I, I kind of love it. I, it felt like a blend of a lot of my favorite kind of like things that I'm, I'm seeing in film right now. You know, the Quentin Tarantino stuff, uh, and then and then of course like the John Wick films. So, Jake, this, if this is any indication that you need to get your ass out there and watch John Wick 3, and it's on HBO, then don't watch John Wick 3. You gotta watch John Wick 3. It's so fucking Yeah, good. I gotta get over myself and watch John Wick 3. That, that, that's agreed. Yeah, I, I, Paul kind of brought up those animated sequences and them also reminding him of Kill Bill, and I thought the same thing there too, and I thought that was just right away, they completely kind of right away Suicide Squad with those animated sequences and the way they depicted the Joker in them just straight out of the, Bruce Tim Paul Dini animated series even even a shot of Harley from that from that cartoon in that montage yeah. other yeah. than a mention of the neck bombs it really felt like they just completely stepped away from Suicide Squad we did get a look at the back of his head when they were doing the tattoo on the guy and it, it still looked like from the back it looked like Leto Joker but I, I, I can't see Leto coming back to the role especially after you know, with Joaquin Phoenix doing Joker, I think that that kind of like steamed him. And then also the fact that he's Morbius now. Right. Know? Oh, yeah. I think there's definitely bad blood between Leto and the DCEU. And there's zero percent chance I think he'll be back. Oh, man. I the, the, just I I love the whole setup of this. And, and a lot of it is, uh, you know, Paul, I know that you're also watching the animated series on the DC Universe app. Yes. Dude, we've only got two more episodes left. I'm like, so, oh no. But dude, okay. And I, please, if we get us, if we get another Harley Quinn movie, can we get Poison Ivy? Can we do it? Yeah. Can we get Poison Make Ivy? Real. And Kite Man. Come on. <laughs> and Kite Man. <laughs> but I'm saying like, okay, so I, I loved the whole beginning of this where like basically, you know, Joker and her break up. And she still hasn't told everybody. And it, it was kind of cool just to see like her living her life and doing her thing, going to the club. And she basically gets away with murder because of like who she's with. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, like, I love kind of seeing that, that from her. But then when, the, when, when people do, do find out, and I loved how Renee Montoya put it that she just, when she blows up Ace Chemicals, that she basically just updated her relationship status. <laughs> and, and, uh, now, now it's like, it's like Harley game. Harley Quinn is just fair game. You know, anybody can like take her out now. And my God, then it jumps into one of the funniest fucking scenes I've seen in a movie where she's getting that egg sandwich. Like I first off, Dude. like her hair's blowing and she just looks like she's just so happy and like can't wait for the sandwich. And they make this thing look better than the grilled cheese sandwich in Chef by Jean Favreau. Like, I was like, oh my God, I want one of these fucking sandwiches. And I'm thinking to myself, like, when they're putting the hot sauce in there, I was like, oh, don't, 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 not too much. You want to taste? And she says the exact same thing. She's like, I want to taste the egg. And I'm like, oh, beautiful, beautiful. And then the whole time that she's getting chased down by Renee Montoya and she, <laughs> Up until the end of the movie where she kicks her out of the fucking window, it's only to get her back for fucking up her sandwich. <laughs> Dude, the death of that sandwich hit me harder than the death of Wilson in Castaway. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and and after both viewings of this movie, I went to this uh went to this restaurant to get an egg sandwich on Shabbat bread. It's it's insane how hungry that made me. Like 
You totally hit it on the head there. Oh, the egg looks so fluffy and delicious. Oh my god! <laughs> I almost asked for six month old cheese on it too, but I was like, "Yeah, they probably yeah, won't have it." Probably won't have it. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay goes to a bunch of restaurants that do. So, <laughs> God, I've been watching that new season of Gordon Ramsay's Twenty Four Hours of Hell and Back, and Christ, same. Be- it's terrible. Like yeah. those restaurants are terrible. I don't know. Are they making food or penicillin? Jesus Christ! <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, uh, I I thought that that was just hilarious. I love some of the death scenes. I loved how uh she fed the fucking uh you know, asshole to her hyena. Oh yeah, yeah, the breeder, yeah. the dog breeder. Yeah, the guy that was coming on to her and like, mm-hmm. she fed him to the hyena. Uh, the hyena's name is Wayne after Bruce Wayne. She said uh, after Bruce Wayne. And uh no idea that, you know, of course, that he's Batman. So we don't have, what was it? Was it uh, Abbott and Lou? Yes. In the in the cartoon? Yeah. After, in the animated series, yep. Yeah, after uh, Lou, uh, Abbott and Costello? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. A little all over the, oh, it was Bud and Lou. I'm sorry. Bud and Lou. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. After um, Bud. I, oh, I'm sorry. No, Bud, Abbott, and Lou Costello. I got their names wrong. I did love how um, when people would encounter her, we get that little on-screen ticker of who they were and their grievances yeah. towards Harley. Yeah, I love the one guy that <laughs> that launched that fucking rubber band ball bomb into her apartment. Oh, yeah. His was hilarious. And it was basically <laughs> she didn't know who he was, and I guess his grievance was he had no dick. <laughs> he had no dick, no eggplant. Yeah. No- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, those, that was a crazy gimmick. We found out uh, Harley Quinn is a Bernie, Bernie Sanders supporter with that gimmick, too. No politics. surprised by that. No oh, po- yeah, no I saw that. No, yeah. no politics, gentlemen. Come on. I'm talking about the movie. Uh, I know, like, on my second viewing, I wanted to record that one where all the grievances are just going by real quick and, like, snapshot it each time to, like, read yeah. each one, but... I know, like, when it comes out on, like, Blu-ray or, you know, digital, I'm going to have to, like, pause frame by frame to read each one. Totally. <laughs> Isn't one of them the brother of the person she fed to the hyena later on, too? Like, that makes a return joke? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 She, like, uh, that, that, it's the guy that shows up in the truck, like, right before, or right after the guy that, uh, the driver, Sionis' driver shows up in the wheelchair and the gun. Yeah, I thought that was funny that we actually saw the reason for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, what did you guys think about uh, – I know we talked a little bit about Ewan McGregor, but, <laughs> Paul, I, I really want to talk to you about this. Is Did you feel like with the reshoots – because originally it wasn't going to be the uh, offshore accounts – the information about these offshore accounts inside that diamond. Originally it was going to be like – I guess dick pics. dick pics of Sionis and Victor Zaz. They were going to be in kind of like a like a homosexual relationship with one another, and that's that. And I mean, and and, and those were shown at screeners, and yeah. so that that got taken out completely. I think they made the right choice here. I think that like like that's just kind of like 
I don't know, just throwing in like dick pics and shit like that just as like, okay, just because you have an R rating, I guess you can do that. But I, I felt like the offshore accounts and tying it kind of into like the Bertinelli family was a yeah. better choice than than going the other way. Well, I think with Huntress, it definitely worked better that way. But with the way this was done and you McGregor, like because of my knowledge of that whole backstory from the dick pic leak mm-hmm. or whatever uh, story, I definitely got a feel that there was more than they were just BFFs. Sure. Yeah. Like way- I definitely got the feel that they had an intimate connection with each other. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I really enjoyed the offshore bank account storyline, but would the dick pick storyline work in a movie like this, the way it was written, I think it totally would. But <clears throat> Ewan McGregor and Victor Zaz, I thought their chemistry was amazing, and I, I, I did love the way they went with it. But Ewan McGregor is one of my favorite DC villains in a long time. Um, you know, Jake said this is his favorite DCEU movie hands down and i told my friend that i saw this with like this is my favorite since any of the nolan movies so i i I don't think the dick pic storyline would have been a bomb for the movie but i totally get where you're coming from that debate like the offshore bank account thing with huntress like it set her up for a reason to have revenge and do the whole do you know who i am thing worked perfectly but i loved I loved Black Mask in this movie. Hugh McGregor is just, he fucking killed it in this, like his charisma. Like I kind of like, and it's kind of funny. Um, we talked about kill bill and stuff, but like, I kind of likened him to Christoph Waltz in *Inglorious bastards where he can be a ruthless son of a bitch, but yet he can be like charming and almost likable in a way. Uh, I, I will – he tries to come off charming and likable, but it comes off very f- plastic and fake to me because like even when he is – there's the part where he – like, you know, she's been uh, – Black Canary has been his driver for about a week now. She comes in late and he starts showing her, oh, this is the – Oh, the, have you ever been to this country, Mgawa? And he's like, this is the Chikwi mask from, or whatever, this Mgawa tribe. And, 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 you know, and then he's like, oh, showing her like the shrunken heads. And he's like, oh, look at his little haircut and his little ears. And, and I'm just like, yeah, he's, he's trying to be charming and friendly, but there's just something just slimy about this fucking guy the entire time, especially the scene, especially the scene where he has Erica, on the table and making that guy cut her dress and stuff. Like there was, I, honestly, there was not a lot of likability to this character for me. I, I thought he, the way he, not, the way, okay. he, the yeah. way he played the character was fantastic. I think the way he played the character was great. But as far as like m- likability of the character and me kind of like thinking, man, yeah, there's times where I'm kind of like, I like this guy and, Honestly, there were more times I liked the Joker in the Joker film when he like let the little guy go, um, and then he let you know like it, no. it was nice to the kid on the bus. There was more likability to the goddamn Joker than there was fucking Black well, Mask. Yeah, no, no, and like what I meant is he tries to give you that likability. Not that I'm like, ooh, he's a nice guy, but like 
he tries to give that kind of sense of like, ooh, like I can be your buddy. Yeah, yeah. Type of thing. And then like all of a sudden he's just like fucking cutting your face off. And I don't yeah, he's think he's like the socially awkward guy who doesn't know he's socially awkward. Right. Exactly. Thank and, you, Jake. You made my words sound better. Another thing that didn't work for me in this movie is that yeah, because Paul, you sounded really weird when you said that you liked it. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Can I say real quick? No, I totally sounded weird. Real quick, um, real quick before I forget. I'm gonna... I I hated the dick pic storyline, and I couldn't be more happy that they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you add in the fact that they were going to use that as some kind of ransom that Black Mask and Zazaz were supposed to be so embarrassed by that they were going to fall into hand and want to get these plans back. I found that whole thing to be kind of shitty and sensitive and just really bad. I can see how after showing it to test audiences, they realized they needed to change it. I always thought that was terrible. Yeah, it might have been like, well... And who knows what the story was before. It could have been like, in order for him to take over Janus Corp, you know, like his dad doesn't want to, you know, him, if his dad finds out that these dick pics are out there, it's going to ruin the family and all this other shit. We don't, we don't know what it would have been uh, at the end of the day. I mean, they could have changed the story up for the Janus Corporation, you know, his father's, you know, company. But I'm glad that they left it out too. I, I, I think that, uh, this, I think the offshore accounts and all that shit worked out way better in the end. Agreed. One thing that I did have a complaint with, in this movie is they kept his like obsession with black canary calling her little bird. And like, I didn't feel like that they had like this big, like long relationship because she talks about like how he got her off the streets, but there's never, I don't know if, if we ever feel like this, like she's torn torn with uh, inside like her loyalty to him it just felt like she pretty much hated this guy all along it never and it never really felt like they had like this you know long kind of like friendship slash not you know just like a working relationship slash friendship it just felt like sometimes it felt like they like they they tried to pull it off that they knew each other for a long time and then other times it felt like she had just like worked for him for a little while i don't know it just didn't yeah does that make sense? Even the song she's singing, even the oh. song she's singing when you introduce her to the audience is basically, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a, it's yeah. a man's world. Mm-hmm. I hate being under your thumb. Like, yeah, I agree with you, Brian. It doesn't really seem like there was much of a nurturing relationship ever. And But but that's the way they kind of try to play it off, though, right? Like she said, like, he got her off the streets and you yeah. know, gave her money. And she's and did you know she sang all her songs? Uh, Journey Smollett Bell. She sang all those songs. That was her singing. Yes. Yeah, you. Yeah, I could definitely tell. I yeah. got more of that relationship from Huntress and Cassandra Kane that she was more invested in Cassandra Kane than she was with Black Mask. Yeah, and she's so quick to she's so quick to work with Renee Montoya. And if she was so loyal to Black Mask, I think she'd tell Montoya to fuck off. Do you know that scene? And help me out here. And I don't know if you guys would know or not. And the scene where they're looking at the statue that was made of Sionis. And he's getting ready to tell who the sculptor was. Right. He says, Hugh. And it's it stops. The third time I watched this, he says, Hugh. I was thinking, like... 
the only thing I could think he would say would be Hugo Strange, but like Hugo Strange was not a sculptor, so I, mm. I don't know. Is is that is that an Easter egg that we missed? Is that something that might be important? I'm trying to think of, or if it was just one of those things for the movie. I don't know. Like, it's, it didn't it seem important though? Like yeah. they really focused on that yes. scene, so like. Yeah, I, I felt like they didn't explain any of that, and I, yeah, I, I didn't catch the hue part, but I didn't see it more than once. So yeah, it was a weird cut because they went straight to like Harley Quinn after he said that. Well, mm-hmm. but there's a shot of uh, of Black Canary, and she's still staring at at it after after everybody stopped after right. he stopped talking about it. She's still staring at it and giving it kind of like a quizzical look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know, and and I was like, he sounded like he said Hugh, and so like I was like doing, I was on like Wikipedia, I was on the DC wiki, and I was looking for stuff under Hugo Strange, and I was just like, this nothing, nothing from that sounds like anything I've ever heard about from Hugo Strange. This makes no sense. Like mm-hmm. he, he's a professor, he's not a sculptor. Like I, I didn't know what was, so I don't know. Maybe that's all in my head that that's not as big as it uh, should be. Another thing that I was kind of curious about here is like the, Renee Montoya with her boss, you know, fucking, uh, taking the credit for the job that the, the big bust from 10 years ago. I wonder if like, if we do get a Birds of Prey sequel, if that's something that we're gonna see, or maybe in another movie, like Renee Montoya shows up like, in a Batgirl film and we get to see like that, you know, if, if we're going to take it back into the past, it wouldn't be the first time that a DC movie has gone in the past. Mm. We're getting that. We got that with Wonder Woman. We, you know, we got, we're getting it again with Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, that big bust that Renee Montoya had 10 years ago. I wonder if that is something important. Did she, butt like who did she bust? It, it's somebody big in Gotham it, it big enough for this, this other guy to get promoted over her uh, when he took the credit. So I, that I'm just throwing that out there that that might be something that we see happen like in a future movie that we, they might explore that some more. Mm-hmm. It's quite I'd love possible. To see, uh, oh, go ahead, Jay. No, no, go ahead. I think I'd love to see a younger Montoya in some of these other DCEU movies. I think that would be, that would be really fun, especially knowing what we know now and eventually her, that she leaves the force completely because she's just kind of disillusioned by mm-hmm. I think, the Gotham PD. Like, I mean, most of the characters that become heroes in Gotham, that's pretty much where they come from. It's you have to take law into your own hands because the cops are a bunch of fucking bumbling Keystone cops. Yeah. Uh, I loved, uh, I wanted, I did want more Huntress, but I think that it made sense in this movie to keep her kind of mysterious. Mm-hmm. And I think that they were kind of betting on like this movie doing really well and maybe this movie getting a spinoff. That way we would get more of her going forward in the future. Um, yeah, I love the fact that she uses a crossbow, loved her on the motorcycle, uh, loved it. Oh, the action scene in the fun house at the end of the movie, oh. when they go to the booby trap, I never thought yes. that I would want to see an action scene set in a fun house like that. But it fucking worked. Like right up before that, we got um, Black Mask outside and he's giving a speech to all these different gangs. And all I could think about was, oh, my God, this is reminding me of the Warriors. Yes. The only yes. thing <laughs> the only thing that was missing was him saying, can you dig it? You know, I was just like, holy shit. 
all these motherfuckers looking different from all these different gangs, all these different for hires. And he's got them all in there after Cassie came for this $500,000 bounty. And all we needed was the Wonder Wheel. Yeah. Dude. That's all we fucking needed. And then when the fight starts and those big hands, those big fucking rubber hands, and she pulls him back and slaps that guy in the face and sends him flying, I – dude, I lost my shit because last week I was on Amazon Prime and I watched Jackass 3. And it's the one where fucking Wee Man. The high five. Yes, it's the high five where Wee Man is luring people into this room. And then Johnny Knoxville lets this gigantic hand go and it smacks him in the face. Bam uh, gets laid the fuck out. Man. Oh, Bam Margera gets laid the fuck out. <laughs> um, I, I was telling Jake this uh, before we recorded, but... When I saw it the first night, it was me and uh, and another guy that uh, came with me, and it was totally sold out, but it was almost like all women in the theater. Yeah. And I was telling the biggest reaction was during uh, the amusement mile scene at the booby trap, where everyone just fucking cheered when um, Harley Quinn tosses Huntress a hair tie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And everyone cheered, and this girl next to me, she looks me right in the eye, she goes, that's real life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I, 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 can't, I can't relate because I'm bald as fuck, but sure. Uh, but, like, that was the biggest, that was the biggest yeah. cheer was when she tossed her that, like, ponytail, and I totally get it, like. The hairs get in the eyes. You got to yeah. kick some ass. Yeah, but like when you watch like you know Black Widow, she's flipping the hair back and all that other shit. Right, it's blowing in the air. Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah, no, yeah, fake I mean, ass non cinema Marvel movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bananas and projectors. <laughs> Off air jokes that people won't get. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine, Paul. Um, let's see here. Yeah, when she pulled the tampon out of her pocket, I that got a big reaction from the the ladies in my audience. Yeah, so, me as well. I had to turn to Michelle and ask what that was. <laughs> Why are people laughing? Then Michelle took you out into the hallway and told told, told you about Mother Nature and what happens to the ladies once yeah, a month. Well, we waited till after the movie for the whole like bring out the black. Jake people. was just like you should have seen the look on his face. He was just like shot, like <laughs> jaw on the floor. Jake's like forty years old. The first time he's hearing about fucking a woman's menstrual cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and it bleeds like he said that really loud <laughs> out in the hallway what is this sorcery <laughs> oh man uh yeah I, what were those guys those guys that were like i i, I didn't realize this like those guys that like uh, that one guy that was uh trying to take drunk harley to the van I was thinking like yeah. those guys were like gang members and they were going to fucking go kill her. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's a rape van. Yeah. Yeah. That was very disturbing. Yeah. I didn't real I didn't realize that until the second time I watched it because I was thinking like, oh, everybody knows that fucking she's not with the Joker anymore. And they're like, I was like, oh, no, that's not what's happening right here. That's this. is Yeah. yeah. So uh. I love the way this movie used its R rating. It, it, it just. It was just, it just was R. You know, it wasn't gratuitous. It wasn't 
over the top. I you didn't even really notice it. Like you kind of had to think about it being R when it was all said and done. I, I you know it wasn't like Deadpool where it was five million f bombs. Um, it wasn't over the top violence by any means, but it definitely was a hard R. I thought it was very well done. It didn't really hit me that like it was R, but like it didn't really hit me about the R rating. It didn't come back to me until the end of the movie where she says I'm Harley fucking Quinn instead of in the trailer where she said I'm Harley freaking Quinn. Yes. Then I was like, oh shit, they did change that. Thank God. Cause I hated hearing Harley freaking Quinn in a movie that you're advertising to be R. Yeah. You're right. And that line lands because they haven't gratuitously been using the F word just because they can up until that moment. So I thought the movie was very classy in the way it used its R. I was surprised by that. Once I knew it was going to be rated R, I thought the name of the game was going to be, let's be as gratuitous as possible. Another thing that brings us back to Quentin Tarantino. Oh, no. He's cutting their faces off, not ears. Yeah, entire faces. Oh, God. That, yeah. Yeah, I could have done without that. But when when that girl blew that snot bubble and it pissed him off, I was just like, oh, my God. This guy is terrible. (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of loved like how we got there, like how we see it happening. And then it like the flashback leads us as to why that happened. Yeah. With, with the whole unreliable, reliable narrator type of thing. Like, like the whole scatterbrain type of story really worked with this movie and the way it kind of did like a patchwork type of thing of piecing everything together where you're like, Oh, I get it now. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, the father there was the guy from the VHS tape in Lost Season 2. I've never seen him in anything else except mm-hmm. that. I was shocked to see him. Nice. I, I, I was heartbroken by, God damn it, what's his name? Uh, is it Doc? The guy that owned uh, the Chinese oh, yeah. restaurant? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That broke my heart both times. Well, it's it's one of those things where, you know, her father sold her for beer and here, you know, the other, the only other man that she's, you know, trusted or, and loved, like, this is what he does to her. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, going back on something you said, Brian, with like the low stakes for this taking place in Gotham, I love that I never got the feel like, oh shit, like, this is something so crazy that Batman needs to get involved with. I read, and I don't know if this is true, I'd have to, you know, it'd be nice to, you know, hear Kathy Ann or Christina Hudson in a Q&A, but I heard that at this time in Gotham, Batman is not available. He's not in Gotham for one reason or another. Mm. Vacation. That's what I read, that he's, he's not in Gotham during this time. Oh, okay. But I, but, but that's, it wasn't part of the official synopsis, so it's, it's one of those things that maybe that was just rumor. So I, I, it's not like I'm, it's not like I pulled that directly from a quote. That's a, that's, I saw that on IMDb. So it's, and so it could be bullshit. It's not like I pulled that as a direct quote from like Kathy Ann or Christina Hodson about this movie. So I really have no idea. Uh, awesome, yeah, because I, I definitely got the feeling like if Batman were active, he'd be like, "Fuck it, just let these guys settle it themselves. I don't need to involve it." So well, like, it definitely felt like a very personal type of storyline between Harley and Black Mask. Yeah, well, I mean, you think that Batman would have went to put a stop to a guy who is trying to take over as like the you know criminal element in Gotham. True and cutting off people's faces, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got it. 
Good night, gentlemen. No, no, you're fine. You're fine, dude. Yeah, the mob was running pretty rampant in this movie, so crime was pretty, yeah, up, I guess. Yeah, crime crime was definitely up. <laughs> crime you had was hordes up. of up. yeah. <laughs> you just have hordes of masked, you know, you know, criminals out there. So yeah, I don't think he was around. Yeah. What happens when you're fucking around with the Justice League and not getting shit done in Gotham? Yeah. But you know, just just to get to you know, like why I rated it so low, like uh, your guys's perspective, like sounds great. I think I just I had a different perspective on it. Like I don't, I don't really know where this fits in the greater scheme. Um, so I don't like you have to judge this by okay, this is going to be a spinoff, and this is going to lead into other things in the universe. So That's- it's hard for me to place this, and it was. Um, it was so ADD that, like, and maybe I need to see it again, but it was so ADD for me that I I just kind of lost. I got kind of lost, you know. Like, I could follow the story, but I got kind of annoyed with going back and forth and all that. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, everything you guys are saying, like, the action was fucking great. Um, the music was great. The actors, everybody was great. The characters were cool. I think I wanted more from them, you know. I think I wanted more from the story in general. So maybe I placed it a little too high in that regard, like expecting a little too much out of it. But I, I think you need to you need to just totally forget about the extended universe at this point, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's I think that's totally because correct. I yeah. think that they have. I, I think. Yeah, that, I think DC has like they, they've realized that, like, what are the last couple few movies that have done? You know, the great form, like Wonder Woman, which was a one-off story. It's it was a one-off story. It was Wonder mm-hmm. Woman, and it was like basically there was really nothing else going on there as far as like you know connecting that to the extended universe. It was Wonder Woman in World War One. You know, right? Like Flash didn't show up. Batman didn't you know show up. You know, we didn't fucking they weren't they weren't around. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have and, and and the movie was successful, and then you know. Aquaman, which really had nothing to, it was, that was an Aquaman centric story. You know, that movie did well with audiences. Audiences loved right. it. Next we get Shazam. Shazam, other than maybe tying in, you know, Superman as a joke at the end of that movie, that was a, that was a standalone film. They, they learned that they put the cart before the horse. They, they mm-hmm. came out with like three or four movies and then they did their Justice League. Whereas Marvel did like, you know, individual movies for each character, building them up, getting them popular, and then we finally get them all together. And they're like, you know what? We just, we don't have a Feige to do this, but we you know what? We do have good directors that we can trust and good writers that we can trust just to do stories. We don't have, right. a, we don't have an architect for a whole universe. You know, we don't, we don't have a Kevin Feige. We don't have this architect that can like connect this whole universe the way that we want to right now. So let's just focus on single movies. And they have, and like, look, look what they did with Joker. Joker has the most nominations for, uh, in the Oscars, 11. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, I mean, look what they did with, with that movie. And I think that that's what they did here. They're not thinking about the bigger universe. As far as like thinking about the bigger universe when it comes to this movie, I think we can look at this maybe tying in with like a future Joker project, this tying in with another Birds of Prey movie, or this tying in with a Batgirl movie. And then the next Birds of Prey movie, probably if they, if they do a Birds of Prey solo movie, you bet your fucking ass Batgirl is going to be a part of that team. I don't think that what we got with these ladies, and I love Journey Smollett Bell. Um, you know, I, I, I think she's fantastic. You know, um, yeah. 
And, uh, I think that, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I loved her in Fargo, um, loved her in, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think she is just a wonderful actor. We did not get enough of her in this movie. I don't think those two together are, uh, right now, from what we've seen from them in this, is enough to get audiences excited enough to go see a solo movie with those two. I think no. that you have to, if you're gonna have another Birds of Prey movie, and you're not going to have Harley Quinn in it, you've got to have Batgirl on that team. Yeah. You've got to have Batgirl on that team. And, like, in the past, they talked about, they they originally, Warner Brothers was uh, targeting Kristen Stewart to be Batgirl. Um, I don't know if that's still, you know, in their plans. Uh, if they go with somebody else, that's fine. If they get Kristen Stewart, that's also fine. I think that she's been uh, doing some really good projects. That'd be crazy if she's Batgirl and Patterson is Batman. Though. Pattinson, yeah, Pattinson. If, Pattinson. If, yeah, want, uh, you know, Twilight, you know, them dating and all that stuff back in the past. And, and it very well could happen. But, like, where does Pattinson's Batman fall into all of this? Is it part of this universe at all? And we know, like, his stuff is taking place in the past. Like, this is a younger Batman. So, I you know, I don't know at the end of the day. I think, Jay, I mean, I think I think you just need to, and I don't know if a second watch would help, but I think that you need to kind of, like, say, forget this whole extended universe and just take it a movie at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, I think I placed some heavy weight on it. I mean, like, you know, no expectations going in, but as soon as I start watching it, I'm, I'm processing and like, I'm thinking about Batman and I'm like, how does this tie into Batman? And like, it doesn't have to, but I don't really know what it's doing, you know? So like, I keep trying to place it somewhere. And I think that was the big, big issue for me. Um, and, and just some of the story pacing and stuff. It was little, you know, little things that got it there, but I don't know. Like, I, you know, to me, like, I've seen this movie before. You know, we, we've compared, we've talked about Deadpool, you know, there's kick ass and, and movies like that. Um, and I think there was some really like serious stuff they were trying to like portray in this too. And it's like, well, why make it jokey at the same time? So I, I don't know. Um, I think I do want to see it again. Like you guys talking about Quentin Tarantino, like makes me want to watch it in that light and um, kind of look at it a less less heavy, you know. Yeah, yeah let it breathe on its own and don't don't make it feel like a puzzle piece into the whole DCU yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah, that was a big problem. I just couldn't stop thinking about that stuff, you know. So. I mean, and, and the same can be said about Deadpool. Like, where does Deadpool fit into the MCU and and stuff like that? Those thoughts come across my mind, too. But that, that shouldn't either. So, At the end of the day, because, like, Deadpool, the first two movies were made under the Fox, just the, you know, right. by Fox. But even if Deadpool comes into the MCU, I think MC, uh, Deadpool should kind of, like, be its own kind of, like, separate thing as far as, like, him not sh- – he should just show up in, like, the big movies as – in my opinion, Deadpool should just show up in like the the Marvel movies as like a Stanley kind of like cameo, like oh ha ha, there's our Deadpool moment, and and he's gone. Right. But I would love to see I would love to see in his own solo movies, like you know, other characters make appearances from the MCU. But overall, I I think yeah, those movies are just made for laughs. They yeah, are just made yeah. for laughs. And I felt like this movie was kind of like it was made for. Uh, 
I think you know. I we could all say it was made for women and 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 stuff. I I, I yeah, it, it was. I mean, it's a female superhero team and everything, and all these women come together at the end. But overall, I think this is just. I think this movie is made for people that just do love like kick ass action. Um, mm. You know, because like I I love the the John Wick style, like that that real fast paced action, hard hits, bone crunches. And we got yeah. that from the like from eighty seven eleven. Chad Stahelski's company brought that in this fucking movie, and that's one of the big reasons that this movie succeeded for me. Jay, Jay, I, I, as far as like the storytelling goes, and it being all over the place, I think that that was. I thought it was fresh. I think it not always having that linear story, uh, t- you know, that, that linear storytelling. Sometimes that linear storytelling can just be boring. And yeah. I felt like this was a fresh way to kind of tell this. I mean, Jay, if you really want to get fucked up, watch the first season of Westworld. Jesus Christ, like nothing. <laughs> so maybe stay away from that if you if you don't like the stuff that's uh, nonlinear. But um, man, I yeah, I just take these movies one movie at a time when it comes to DC now, especially with yeah, Wonder Woman. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, that really. That that really is a great point because I'm just I, I don't know like I want DC to succeed you know and I want that big movie for them and this 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 was good I mean it's definitely one of the best like Jake said like I mean but at the same time uh, I don't know ah, I just like it it doesn't take itself seriously and I guess I took it a little too seriously maybe because like all these characters are great characters from the Batman universe and. And, you know, Batman, to me, I take very seriously. So that was another issue, I think, too. Like, I don't think I'm going to see Batman in these movies, and I shouldn't expect that. So, Well, uh, yeah, I I didn't want Batman in this movie. Right. I don't need Batman in this movie. Honestly, I didn't need Joker in this movie. But you have to have elements of the Joker in this movie because it's Harley Quinn. But I think since this is Harley Quinn's movie and she is a zany character, you've got to have some of this wackiness ensue throughout the movie. I don't want... I don't God, if this movie was if I just got Joker, I don't need to, I don't need this yes. movie to pack, piggyback off of Joker and be like no, another yeah. fucking no. Like this is how the new 52 has positioned Harley Quinn when she was brought into the, like the new 52. And then going forward with DC, we've seen her become kind of like their version of like the wacky Deadpool. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like where they've gone with it. That's where they've gone with her in this new animated series. That's, you know, R rated and raunchy. And I like that for the character. And I think more people should be in the theaters watching this right now. I, I think it's, you know, like I've gone, I went opening night. I went yesterday and I went today and I'm telling you like, not a lot of people in the theater. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm happy oh, yeah, to hear. Same. I'm happy to hear, Paul, that you went to a packed theater. But fuck, man, they like Warner. Like I had heard originally that you know reports were maybe fifty million, and then Warner Brothers was going to be happy with forty five, and then and then I was like, they're tracking thirty three. They're tracking thirty three yeah. over the weekend. Like this is not even going to hit a hundred million. Like the the movie cost eighty four million, and like. It might not make its budget back. Yeah. Yeah, they're saying Dark Phoenix like numbers. DC movie hasn't bombed this hard since Jonah, Jonah Hex. Hex. Yeah, Jonah Hex. Ugh. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely better than Jonah Hex. <laughs> well, well it, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it should be. I, I definitely heard. Oh, no, go ahead, Paul. I heard comparisons to Doctor Sleep where it's making 
it, like it's getting such great reviews, but yet it's yeah, it's hardly bringing anything in. And uh, Doctor S- Damn Shame, Doctor Sleep, another great fucking movie. Oh, I want to see that so bad. I haven't seen it yet. Shit. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. More you and McGregor too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Rebecca Ferguson, she's amazing. If you loved her, in, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you love her in Mission Possible, you're gonna fucking love her as the villain in uh, Doctor Sleep. Rebecca Ferguson, uh, she's just tremendous in that movie. God, I would love get her as fucking Batgirl. Get her as like kind of like a you know uh, you know an older Barbara Gordon. I'll take that all fucking day. An Oracle, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, was your opening night crowd like, Brian? Was it at least somewhat packed? No. Oof. Uh-uh. Yeah, my theater was dead on uh, Friday, so... I went, we saw it Friday at 7 p.m., and there was hardly anyone in there. I went Thursday at... Uh, I went Thursday at 6 o'clock. This is the first showing. And it was just just a group of people, probably, like, in the middle of the theater, all watching it. <laughs> One oh. 60-year-old woman in Harley Quinn cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the blue hair was just natural. <laughs> <laughs> She had to add the pink, though. I the pink was I because do of the, have to say <laughs> the blood thinner. Oh. She, she cut herself and rubbed her head. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Hashtag Paxel. Um, no, <laughs> um, I definitely love the whole love letter to kind of all the previous incarnations of Harley Quinn. We get a shout out to the fifty-two with her doing the roller derby. Yeah, um, we do get a little bit of the Suicide Squad with a little bit of her um, outfit. We get Renee Montoya actually wearing the Paul Dini animated series outfit. So I thought it was a really cool like love letter to where the character has come from and where they're taking her to. Yeah, no, don't even worry about the cat, dude. Cat's gonna cry. Yeah, no sweat. <laughs> No, but I agree with Paul. I loved her being reunited with the baseball bat. One of my favorite action moments was her baseball bat boomerang moment. I mm-hmm. thought that was just fucking outstanding. Yeah, when she threw yes. it down at the ground, hit the guy in the head, bounces back, and she catches it. Yeah, even Harley herself seemed surprised that that worked out so well. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, the cocaine scene was pretty good, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best scene, in my opinion. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, we're going to take a quick break here, but uh, when we come back, uh, what do you guys want to talk about when we come back? I don't know. So much. So much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the end audio scene. Okay. The, the whole after credits thing. We'll eventually talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't awesome. even know there was an after credits scene. It not not much, right? No, no. It's it, it's not even a scene, but I feel like it's from the uh the new the animated new, series. Yeah, Batman fucks bats, right? Bats, yep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I shouted that out in the theater and everyone just kinda of turned around and looked at me. As they should. And I just sat down. Oh, Paul, what is wrong with you? <laughs> do you need like you need like a life coach or something, Bob? I do. I do. I should have brought a life coach with me. I don't know. Boy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's Paul's take never ruined so many chances at once. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Holly Quinn, 
pleased to meet ya. You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. So head over to popcultureleftovers.com and click on comic books where they have a comic book locator. There you can find the nearest comic book shop in your area. You can also see what new comic books are on shelves right now. If you don't have a shop near you, just click on the link for things from another world on the front page of the site. At tfaw.com, you can set up a poll list to have your comic book shipped to you monthly. They also sell figures, statues, and a ton of other really cool shit. But you gotta click the link through the site to help the show. That's popcultureleftovers.com. You got that, Puddin? I swear I feel like I have to tell you guys everything. It's a wonder you can wipe your own asses. Anyway, I gotta go. I think I hear Mr. J. All right. Hey, we're back. You know, I got a question here, and I don't know if you guys would be able to answer this or not, but, like, one of the scenes that confused me, I loved it. I thought it was pretty amazing visually, but it confused me. And if I had, like, one question for, uh, you know, Kathy Yan, it would be uh, Harley tied up to the chair, guns pointed at her head from every fucking direction, black mass threatening to kill her. Slaps her in the face, burlesque scene. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, like I thought it was awesome visually. I thought you know diamonds are a girl's best friend. It tied into the movie with the diamond, but it was like what? Like ultimately, like is that where her head goes when she with? Like we know that like there was scenes deleted from uh, the the Suicide Squad with uh, mm-hmm. Joker slapping Harley around and her being in an abusive relationship and things like that. Is that where her head goes? In those moments, because like there's even a moment in that scene where he's like taking her by their hand and he's got like a suit made of all like, you know, it's it's got diamonds on mm-hmm. it. And he's like, you know, kind of like showing her the way, you know, oh, this way. And and uh, they're all wearing kind of like black masks themselves, because I guess this is mm-hmm. taking place at the black mask club above, you know, the club. But what was she going to her happy place? Was that like her happy Gilmore happy place? I was trying to, I'm trying. That's what I took it as. It very much felt like something that like Margot Robbie or maybe the director, like just the scene they wanted to do. And it did feel a little bit shoehorned in just so they could do that scene with those costumes and that song and that setting. Like Mm. it, it kind of felt like a bit of a passion moment for the people doing it more so than it made a ton of sense why it was happening. Well, yeah, that's the reason I kind of was like confused by it. Like I wanted to know is like, like, is that where she goes when like violence is introduced in her head? Is that where she's going? She's, is she taking herself there? Yeah. I've seen this happen in other movies. Uh, Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. Uh, there is the whole nightclub scene with the singing and the show and stuff like that. That's something that Lucas wanted to do. He wanted to throw something like that in in uh, in a bunch of movies, just never really had the chance to. And then later on, he, when he fucked with the cantina scene, he did it again. But um, <laughs> but and I like well I, exactly like and I like I like I I really like the scene. I just was kind of like, what's the deeper meaning here? What 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 is that? Because is she is she just tran- is she transporting herself out of the moment? And maybe this is something she's done since she. Was a child, maybe her father was abusive when she was growing up, and she would just have to like take That's her, true. have to take her mind to another place as she's getting hit by her father. You know, the guy sounds like an alcoholic, sold her for beer, six pack of beer. So mm-hmm. like, but you know, like it's one of those things where you know, I guess, I guess, you know, I'll have that question. Maybe, maybe somebody will ask her during the Q and A what that burlesque scene really meant. 
I thought it was beautiful. I thought yeah, it was awesome. Not, it's not like that kind of thing happened more than that one time either. So there was really yeah. no like way to pinpoint like why that happened or it hasn't happened in previous movies. It was like right. just a very weird, like almost Legion moment. Yeah. Where it completely like went away from the style of the film into this new style. Yeah, but maybe, I mean, that might be something that they use in a future Harley movie. We're going to see her again in uh, in the Suicide Squad with James Gunn. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. that's been confirmed. It, well, James Gunn confirmed it himself. Yeah, on Twitter, I believe. Somebody asked him, they said, who's your favorite actor to work with in, you know, in these movies? And he came out and said Marco Robbie. So it's yeah. been confirmed that she's going to show up in the Suicide Squad. And I would imagine in a, in a, in a, in a big way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, James Gunn being hired back by DC is also probably more stuff that will keep Jared Leto never coming back. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, those two have lots of beef. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I didn't even know about that, that they had beef so, between each other. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't even be surprised if you saw like a J.J. Abrams like slight against Jared Leto somehow cleverly snuck into the new Suicide Squad movie. I God, yeah, I bet you're right with that. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Jay, I, as far as like it tying into the bigger stuff, man, yeah, get away from that, dude. Get away from yeah. that. Yeah, 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 because it is kind of a different movie i mean it's not it's not a i don't know it's not it doesn't fit and uh and i i need to appreciate that a little bit i think i think Um, i think all these movies need to feel like they're it's their own style they've gone away from the Zack snyder style and and they've gone more towards like marvel has been trying to i think for the most part marvel has been trying to get with different directors and give each of these movies like a different feel of its own. And I felt Mm. like that's what they were really trying to do here. Um, you know, is trying to give like this movie its own separate feel than, than what we've seen in any other previous DC movie. And I, I loved it. Like the, the raunchy R comedy. Yeah. Not too raunchy, but raunchy enough. No. Yeah. Not too raunchy. Yeah. And, and I do, I do want them to do their own thing. Like I want DC to not copy, you know, um, what Marvel is doing. So I, I am interested in that notion for sure. So it's just, it's just hard to swallow when it's in the bat universe. And I'm like, how far are they going to go with this? And how many characters are they going to involve that could potentially also be in, in like a a serious movie. So it's just hard for me to separate those things. And that was part of it for sure. I mean, Victor Zaz, God damn, he was great in this. Um, and, and, you know, also Black Mask, Hugh McGregor. And it's like, man, I'd love to see those villains, like, seriously fleshed out, you know. But you don't, you're not going to get that in this. And and uh, I have to separate that in order to watch it again. I think, I mean, here's the thing. I, I honestly think that the DC villains that we've seen in, you know, like, well, shit, I'm trying to think. Honestly, I, here's the thing. I think, yeah, just in this movie, I think they did a better job of fleshing out Black Mask, you know, Roman Sionis in this movie than we got to see, you know, like what uh, um, Malekith in, in Thor The Dark World. Than, mm-hmm. than, and, and, oh, yeah. Well, that's just my first example. But I, I could also go into other characters within the MCU. I could talk about Yellow Jacket. Right. You know, like I, I, I think there's definitely a lot more to this 
villain, I think, than than we've seen in some other of the MCU villains in some of these other in some of these other movies. I would I, I would take Black Mask over Hugo Weaving's Red Skull, to be quite honest with you. And I and I, oh, I yeah. you know yeah, and I, I agree. Like I and I definitely agree with that. I just that's why it's like, man, they were so good that I wanted to see more of that, you know. And there, there was just so much going on in this movie that they couldn't fully focus. They, they couldn't flesh it out too much, you know what I mean? Um, but just the way Zaz gave looks, like the actor, like it was great. It was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And and I hated that. I just uh, it bugged me that they just got cut off because th- we can't take this movie too seriously. So. You know, that's, ah, I just gotta get past that. It's just in my gut, you know? I, well, as far as like taking the movie seriously or not, it, it's, I don't think everything has to be kind of like this dark brooding. We don't have to, I mean, we're dealing with a Harley Quinn movie. It's not Batman. Yeah. So like once, right. once we, once it does come time for us to get the Matt Reeves Batman movie, it, it's not gonna be like this. Christina Hodson's not writing that movie. Like this, it's right. gonna, it's, I think, I believe that that movie's gonna be like a darker, noir, story driven, you know, detective story. And this, this is Harley Quinn. This is her vehicle. This is her movie. This is, mm. to separate it, to make it feel like a Harley Quinn movie and to really give fans the Harley Quinn experience, You've got to have like this fourth wall breaking Harley Quinn be the narrator of this and just make it this kind of like wacky zany ride with this character where she's fucking got a hyena and she goes shopping and most of her things that she buys are, are peeps. And did you, <laughs> did you notice she bought peeps? <laughs> I don't know. I thought when the drama got heavy, though, it worked for me. Like, as yeah. silly as this movie was, it was never so silly that it took me out of believing the stakes for these characters or the mm. drama involved with what was going on. I thought the balance between the silliness and the actual weight of the story worked just absolutely perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it, too, man. I really... It, def- it definitely had weight. Like, there were some intense moments, you know, where you're definitely like man, that's a bad dude, you know? And it's like, fuck, I can't believe they're showing that. And yeah, so it does, it does have, it, it just seemed real schizophrenic to me. And I don't think I put it together in my head, you know, like I said, I walked out just kind of dis, discombobulated after I watched it. It was a ride and and it was fun for sure. So, you know, I don't hate the movie by any means. Yeah, I guess you you're trying. You feel like, and you know, you feel like the odd man out because you didn't love it as much as us. And oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Jay. That's fine. Everybody goes into a movie and gets their own experience. Oh yeah, you know, and like upon second watch, you could feel a little bit differently, but it still might not ever be like that Tupperware level movie for you. Um, yeah. and, and, and of course we talked about it being a lot of comedy and comedy is subjective. Maybe the comedy didn't work for you in certain spots, mm. but, uh, overall, I, 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 I absolutely, <laughs> I loved the movie. I loved, you know, and I, I know a lot of people aren't happy with the, uh, portrayal of, uh, you know, uh, Cassandra Kane in this movie. I have, I really don't have a problem with it. I, I kind of like the dynamic between her and that young girl. I thought that that was a lot of fun. And then the, the fact that, you know, just like her father sold her out and then Doc eventually sells her out. She's just like, well, fuck it. 
I'm going to sell this girl out. You know, that was her right. line of thinking. And then she sells out, you know, Cassandra Kane to, and she duct tapes her to a fucking toilet, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I have zero connection to the character of Cassandra Kane from the comic books. Like I, I didn't even realize she was a bat person until Paul said something about it during this podcast. So I, I absolutely love that character. I loved what she brought to Harley. Like you were saying, I loved the cartoon serial scene was just a nice moment to connect those characters, to make the betrayal kind of hit even harder and make that hurt even more. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she was one of the better characters in the movie. I, I really loved her. I, I'm surprised people have a problem with it, but now finding out she, she has so much lore in the comic books, I'm not surprised. Well, I know how yeah. fans get. Sure. And, and, and I mean, it could still go that way. I don't know if it will, but like in the, in the comics before they started the new 52, Cassandra Kane was, was Batgirl for a time. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well, I, uh, we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do with her in the future. I, I really don't have a problem with it. You know, they switch, they switch things up all the time in these comic book movies. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a kind of a fresh, fun take on the character. Love seeing her kind of like do her pickpocketing thing. And I thought that that whole sequence was a lot of fun. Um, oh, uh, did you guys, does that really look like a dope during that though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saw that coming. Yeah. What happened? Where did, where's my diamond? Yeah. <laughs> He's paying attention to everything but that. Yeah. You did notice in the, uh, in the police, uh, uh, headquarters there, the jail that they had the, uh, poster, the wanted poster of, uh, boomerang up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One, one of the redeeming things, I loved his character. In the suicide, in the first Suicide Squad movie. Oh yeah, I thought he, he was, was one of the. He was one of the better things. Yeah, yeah. Him and Joel Kinnaman were yeah, surprisingly. The boomerang was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's coming back for this next one too. I think. Yeah, it feels like Gunn is he just has a massive cast here, and knowing Gunn, I think he's gonna kill off a ton of characters. Um, <laughs> yeah. From the well, I mean, yeah, if you've watched the Belko experiment, he has no, you know, like if you've watched the and Gunn is suited for rated R. Like the guy comes from a trauma background, you know, Tromeo and Juliet. Like the guy is suited for an R-rated movie, and that's what he's gonna get with the Suicide Squad. It's gonna be rated R. And I think it's going to be, this is just a perfect vehicle for him. Like you could like, yeah, you could say like, yeah, he's made for the Guardians. I think like, like he's done what he did with the Guardians of the Galaxy is fantastic. But I, I think that this is even more in his wheelhouse and in his background. No, I agree. I feel like the next closest thing would be if they let him do like the Alred X-Force run where they kill off the whole team in the first arc and start a new team. Like just... Yeah, I, there's 20 plus confirmed characters in the Suicide Squad movie. There's no way it's not going to be a fucking <laughs> firing pit of characters dying in crazy ways. I don't know the the leaks that I've read. It sounds like there's a fuck ton of deaths at the beginning. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know it. You know it. I've had big people, like big shocking deaths too. It's not just going to be the characters that you expect to die dying. What's weird is like Idris Elba's character. Now I'm not even talking about Harley Quinn. Idris Elba's a kid. I heard, if this is Harley Quinn adjacent. Don't, don't beat yourself up. She's going to be in the movie. Yeah, but it's yeah. so what's so weird about like 
Idris Elba being in that movie is like I hear like his character they basically they wrote it for Will Smith originally and when he didn't come back and do it they just kind of like gave him Will Smith stuff I don't know if that's true or not but mm. we'll see hopefully hope, that makes me think he's gonna die <laughs> hopefully well no I don't think so like honestly I felt like I think that James Gunn would have liked to work with uh, Will Smith and I thought Deadshot was really good in the, in the first Suicide Squad movie. There's only three characters I liked in that whole fucking movie, and he was one of them. Um, yeah, the characters weren't really the problem. It was what they had the characters fucking doing. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. And the whole – just the the enchantress end of the world shit, Christ. Uh, introducing Flash into a movie where Flash could easily come save the day later. Yeah. Uh, just a million problems. Yeah. Oh man. I Yeah. I, I oh God. Um <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm super pumped for the, the James Gunn Suicide Squad though. I, I just think that's gonna be such a fucking romp. Yeah. What do you I mean, as far as the future of of these characters? Do you, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they really want to do a Birds of Prey movie. And and if I had to guess, if they do a Birds of Prey movie, the only way that it happens right now is if they get a big-time director and if they add someone else to it. I don't think it, we have enough right here. Yeah, and I, I agree. You can just uh, – yeah, and I'm saying like other people can disagree with me. But I don't think that we, ha- and I'm not, and this is not a, you gotta understand, I'm a huge fan of Journey Smollett Bell. You know, I, I, I think, I think both of these, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston, I love her. I think she's great. Rosie Perez surprised me. She was like one of the X factors for me in this movie. I, you know, I like Rosie Perez, but I, I just never envisioned her as, you know, Renee Montoya. And, but I loved her in this role. But I don't think it's enough. I don't think that, and, and 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 I don't really think it's one hundred percent their fault either. I just don't think that the movie showcased them enough. I think we got more Renee Montoya than we did anything else. I think Agreed. like like, uh, but you can't. But but the, you know, and I think uh, she the X Factor here of fucking Rosie Press. She fucking outshined everybody in my opinion. She was so good as far as like the other Birds of Prey. She she outshined both of these other actors who I think are phenomenal. But I think in order to get a Birds of Prey solo movie, you're definitely going to have to add a, another actor in here, a big name to get people excited and and you're going to have to have it be Batgirl. You're going to have to cast a Batgirl and we're going to have to get a uh, a really good director in there. But at least we're going to have to get a, we're going to have to get a Batgirl in there to join the Birds of Prey. And I think that that's what they had planned because they originally had Batgirl slated to be in this movie. They were looking at Kristen Stewart. They pulled back on that. So I think that that's their plan going forward. They pulled back on that because they had plans for her in a Birds of Prey solo movie with the girls. And I I think that that's what they're – I think that if they do go ahead with a Birds of Prey movie, I think it's definitely 100% we're looking at Batgirl. What are you thinking, Paul? Get off, yeah, get off mute, Paul. Do, I'm, I'm off mute. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, busted. <laughs> totally busted, absolutely. Uh, yeah, they definitely got to bring Batgirl in and maybe an A-list type of villain. Um, oh, God, yeah. Who would you bring in, man? Okay, this is going to be kind of... You don't... Mo- 
I just based on how this went, like if they really wanted to do like if they were going to include Harley in it, you'd almost have to bring the Joker into it just because now he knows they worked with her. And what better way for him to get back at Harley than to get himself entangled with the birds of prey. But I don't really see that happening, but I could definitely see them bringing in a huge rogue from Batman's gallery to be entwined with them. If that makes any sense. It, yes, it does. But on the flip side, it's like, I don't think black mask was the big, was a big villain as far, you know what I mean? Like, unless you're like, you know, like if you're thinking of like different rogues and things like that in the DC universe, black mask isn't huge. I mean, yeah, if you, if you're reading the comics and watching the stuff, like, yeah, you're going to know who he is. But like on the flip side, just for your casual, your casual fucking fan is definitely going to know the name of, you know, Riddler, Penguin, Joker, you know, those, those are names that you're going to know. But I think like, they could just have just an obscure fucking villain for the Birds of Prey movie. But if you get like a big name actor around it, think about what if they got like, and I know this is silly. Jake's going to think I'm silly here. What if they got Keanu Reeves to be a villain? Like I'm talking, you know, Chad Stahelski coming back and doing it. And like they, they somehow they fucking wrangle, you know, uh, you know, fucking like uh, Keanu Reeves to be the villain of like a, of a DC movie. That'd be awesome. Jake thinks yeah. I'm. Jake thinks I'm nuts. He's not, he's not that great of an actor, and to be the vil- the centerpiece villain, I, I think that would kind of fall on its face. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I would kind of like to see a, a, a big time female villain in a Birds of Prey movie. I was kind of thinking, as much as I love Black Mass, that was a little bit the, one of the things that was kind of missing was like a female antagonist for all these female heroes. Uh, I think uh, no, I not for me. I, I really I like the fact that they were going up a, a, against a, a guy in this one. I didn't need that female villain in this first movie to be. No, yeah, I, and I love Black Mask, but I would definitely if we were going to do part two. I mean, why not? Things don't have to be exactly like the comics. Why not see Poison Ivy as the big bad? The first time we're reintroducing that character into DCEU. Hmm. I could. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. And if you bring Harley back, you could play on her being in another relationship that goes awry with that as well. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, kind of go off the relationship they have in the animated series, which I think some of it was based in this movie. You know, like the feel of it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> character. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. I do agree with Paul, though, that you, you, you should bring a name, a recognizable Batman villain name. And I do agree with Brian that Black Mask, as, as good as he was in this movie, he was still a tier C comic book character villain that no one but comic fans know who he is. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I was, I was throwing out, you know, Keanu Reeves just as a, a just kind of like, I wanted to hear reactions on that because he isn't the greatest actor, but God damn if that guy doesn't put every fucking ounce of like any ability that he has into anything. So... Um, he could chew scenery. Yeah. And that's what you need in a movie like this. He could definitely pull that off, I think, but it's just, who would you get for him to play? Yeah. I would, I do want to spend more time with these characters though. And that's, I think that's kind of like why I'm, I'm, you know, batting this idea around about like what they would do for a sequel, because I'm really hoping it doesn't seem like it's going to happen now, but there's a couple things that they could do though to make it happen jake if they if they got if they did basically i think that at this point they'd have to 
would they do a solo Batgirl movie first and then do the team up if if that's the case, or would it, would the next movie just be like we're gonna have Batgirl in the back in the Birds of Prey movie? I think it's either what you said the second thing or nothing at all. I, I think if they do the Batgirl movie first, the chances of a Batgirl Birds of Prey movie become less likely. And that's just my gut feeling on it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, maybe have her be the antagonist of the next Bird of Prey. Like, I like maybe, that. You know, maybe have her going against them or something. <clears throat> you know, she's hunting them down. Batman's out of town. Whatever's going on, you know. Yeah. I think that would be a good way to kind of, you know, kind of pit them against each other. At they're least. both doing the same thing, though. That's the thing that, you know, that, uh, you know, they're both Maybe doing they don't realize that, though, until halfway through the movie. Well, it's like, you know, like they're cleaning up the city. We saw them at the end of the movie. That's what they're doing. They call themselves the birds of prey. They're cleaning up the city. They're the ones fighting the gangs. And, right. You know, they're vigilantes. And it's just like that's that's basically what Batgirl is, you know? Right, right. No, so Batgirl doesn't kill people, though, right? I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe she does. Uh, yeah. Well, I feel like the most authentic, if you're going to include Batgirl, if, if she gets her own solo movie – she would almost have to become Oracle at the end of the movie where she has more of the eye in the sky type of relationship with the birds of prey. Yeah. And I don't see them paralyzing her in her first movie. No, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe she is there to, yeah, to like save them from something like she comes in to like, like really hone the team in or something, you know, they could do a number of things. So, let me. Oh, I forgot to read this article. This is from Dark Horizons. It's about those reshoots. I wanted to read this. Uh, this week uh, sees the release of Birds of Prey, the Kathy Yan directed adaptation of the DC Comics property with various female villains and heroes from that world teaming up for quite for a quite different comic book adaptation. Uh, in August last year, the film made some headlines when word came that John Wick co-directors Chad Stahelski had been brought in to help with some reshoots, namely to beef up some of the action sequences, which his company's stunt team had been involved with since the beginning. And we reported on it. it we reported on that months ago that they had been involved with this from the beginning. I kind of wanted to put the kibosh on the reshoot shit as far as like him being brought in to fix this mm. pile of garbage that everybody thought it was going to be. Uh, I wanted to put the kibosh on that, that his 8711 company had been involved in this from the beginning. Anyway, this goes on to say, this led to some speculation Warners may have been unhappy or at least a little nervous about Yan's relative, relative lack of experience with action helming. Speaking with Collider recently, Yan revealed that Stahelski ultimately just helped out with some second unit stuff. Uh, quote, he did some of the second unit directing for the reshoots, but also his company, because we were lucky enough to get him, his company, 8711, we'd worked for the, uh, worked with for the entirety of the shoot. And that's because I really liked the way that they did action. It felt very practical. Our stunt coordinator, Jonathan Eusebio, and I really got along and we really love like the old Jackie Chan movies and the way that those stunts were done and the way that you shoot that kind of action, which is what 8711 is sort of known for as well. Uh, so they'd been training our ladies for months and they did most of their own stunt work. Then when it came time to actually adding even more action and reshoots, it was just amazing to get to work with Chad too. First reactions. Yeah. They talk about first reactions being very good. So yeah, I mean, it, it, God, 8711 did a fantastic job with the action in this movie. And I felt like that's what I really loved about 
this is like the street level action, the John Wick kind of like gung fu. And even though like she, Harley Quinn, she does use a gun a couple times in this movie. It feels to me like watching these action scenes when she's using that bat, that's where she really loves that's how she really loves to fight because like there's the scene she's using the bat she's kicking ass and then that guy is carrying cassandra um uh is he who's he carrying at the end was that can't yeah was it cassandra kane or um i thought it was uh might have been black canary i can't remember no it wasn't i don't think he the, the the fucking the biker guy was carrying one of the girls and she just shoots him in the head and then like throws the gun down and shrugs it. Like she was kind of like, yeah, shooting Sandra. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of like shooting guns is not fun. Right. <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> I, 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 that's like, so there wasn't a lot of gung fu when it came to her character, but, um, I don't know. I, I, God, I fucking, I thought the action in this was tremendous. It was, it was just as awesome and kinetic and kick-ass is like watching a john wick film oh yeah yeah there was nothing wrong with the action at all for sure oh when she's fighting those guys on top of that fucking car oh that yeah is, that was fucking awesome god yes. damn it. she's kicking that one guy in the face and then slamming that guy's head down into the horn of the steering wheel and so every time you'd hear like this guy's head getting kicked and then you'd hear a horn honk and it would go back yeah. and forth back and forth back and forth i fuck i thought it was hilarious i loved it yeah the the fight scenes were amazing and all the action was just stupendous and i don't i don't think i've seen much of that lately besides you know john wick so it was cool, yeah. Especially to see the the ladies doing it. It's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I think like I if I had okay, if I had to call if you ha- okay, if I had to call out maybe the weakest one in the group as far as like the action scenes, I think Journey Smollett Bell did a great job yeah. when she was kicking ass with those guys in the alleyway. She looked great, but in the fun house, they didn't give her the good shit, in my opinion. Yeah. She just kept kicking. She didn't have any other moves. Yeah, she so was, it seemed like yeah, it seemed like she kept repeating the same kicking move guys over and over again. Kicking guys in the chest. Like they gave they gave um Huntress so many awesome moments in that fun house. Mm. Like the part where she like bends back and she's like looking upside down and That's like, exactly what is in my head. Oh, uh, so yeah. Dude, <laughs> when she uses the crossbow and she's looking at that guy upside down to freak. I love it. That was awesome. Yeah. And then that one scene where she's jumping, she's in that little maze where like all those um those those stand stand-ups with the tongues that you can bounce on and she's oh, I love that. jumping on the tongues and, and kicking ass. I was like, that's she was great. cool as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And they gave, <laughs> they gave Montoya some really kick ass moments in that too. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt like, God damn it. Give black Canary some cooler shit in that, in those yeah. seats. Does black Canary really have that scream power in the comic books? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always yeah. thought, I never thought she had any powers. I, I always thought she was just some, kick-ass character you know, like almost vigilante style yeah i've i definitely feel like they were kind of saving her in the fun house to build up to that sonic boom moment you know what's fucked up paul is that they they uh on uh twitter they had a uh like a one of those like 10 second 15 second commercials that you know that they were like dc yeah. entertainment yeah. spread around and they gave that away 
Oh, I'm so glad I didn't see that. I saw it. So, yeah. Does that character uh, know she can do that, or is she discovering she can do that for the first time in that scene? She knew. Okay, because it almost feels like, in retrospect, it feels a little bit Roger Corman Fantastic Four, where it's like they couldn't afford to have her do her power but one time, and they saved it till the end of the movie. It was one of those things. Well, at the beginning uh, at the movie, Renee Montoya is talking to her in that hallway about how, you know, she's the new driver, and she had a deal worked out with the previous driver, who was kind of like her informant. And, you know, that she's having, then she's having that talk about her mother and we find out about how, how her mother died. And then Renee Montoya knew her mother and said, you have the same gift as your mother. And she's not talking about singing at this point. She's talking about that fucking sonic scream. The sonic boob scream. So yeah. she's talking about that scream. So she knows that she still, that she has that power. Do you think, do you think uh, Black Canary can hit the brown note? <laughs> I would say yes after seeing the movie. <laughs> if you don't know what the brown note is, Google it, people. It's the, it's that certain octave that you can hit where it makes people shit their pants. <laughs> yeah, I was still watching South Park when that one aired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, um, <laughs> go ahead. It's definitely kind of hinted to when she breaks um, black mask glass at the club when she's singing. Yeah, yeah. That, that was straight up brown note foreshadowing. Absolutely. <laughs> I think Absolutely. the brown note is not something that is brown. Can you hear the brown note, or is it such a is it such a fucking like like a dog whistle? Yeah, yeah like, like a dog whistle, like a yeah, high but octave, at the lower frequency. Yeah. Like, yeah, that yeah. you can't hear, but like you're fucking. Wreck them. Your bowels fucking hear it. I think I heard it earlier, honestly. So that was the point when you were constipated. That would be a funny gag in part two. Somebody she actually did brown no people in part two. They kind of have to use it more now, though, right? Like, once, if, if we do a sequel and the characters in it again, we can't just wait till the end to have her sonic boom one time. Like, we kind of have to incorporate it a little bit better into the action scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was just kind of like one of those build-up moments, you know. And we've seen them do some of this stuff, like in the Marvel movies, where it's like, you know, like where we know that certain things, you know, could happen in this movie. Like, you know, in Avengers Endgame, when Cat picks up the when Cat picks up Mjolnir, they, you know, they've been teasing it for the longest time. And in, in this movie, it was like one of those things. Like, are we going to get to see her do kind of like the sonic scream? And then it ends up happening at the end, and I think it's kind of just one of those things they were kind of like saving for fans, you know. I think yeah. she's she was being very secretive around um, um, Sionis anyway. Like he had no idea that she knew how to fight that way. He just viewed her as a songbird, you know, that she was just the woman in the club that did the singing. He 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 didn't know that she had like all these other hidden talents. He's looking out the window and seeing her fighting and kicking ass. And then all of a sudden he's like, holy shit, I got a new job for her. She's my driver, which is, sounds like your driver is also kind of like your part-time bodyguard as well. So it felt like she was hiding a lot of like who she was from people. Like, do we know why? Maybe, maybe that was something that they were wanting to explore a little bit in, in the next movie as to like why, you know, she was hiding that ability or not using that ability. Maybe she killed a kid. You know, it's probably one of those things where you remember like Die Hard. Remember in Die Hard, we're fucking uh, what's his name? Carl what? Winslow. Yeah, Carl Winslow. I love it. He fucking he talks about why he never shoots the gun, <laughs> and he accidentally shot that fucking kid. 
Oh yeah, never forget. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. I think that that'd be a very plausible way. She she had no rain on her power. She torched a couple people by accident with her voice. So now only in extreme life saving moments is she willing to let it out on impulse. Yeah, she was the she was the Carl Winslow of this goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just as an as a non fan, it was one of the more shocking moments to to me. Like. Not being ready for that and not knowing that that was in her wheelhouse, it was like, well, why didn't you do this an hour ago? Yeah. You did notice when Harley, when she was riding on her on her skates, that she had her fingers in her ears. Yes. Yeah. I just want to throw that out. I know she's like riding right into it, but she got her fingers in her ears, people. Yeah. So I guess she was unaffected by a sonic scream at that moment. Just Finger, uh, fingers in the ears. That, that's Black Canary Kryptonite. You know, <laughs> you know the you know a quiet place. The the movie. You know, like the aliens, and they had the real sensitive ears and shit, and they hear oh, stuff. Black Canary was the first to die. If I was, if I was like, okay, if it's a good thing that like I'm not like in the government as like far as like you know like keeping us safe because I would have been like. You know, they're like, oh, they hear, they hear really well. Like our scientists find out they hear really well. They can hear us. I'd be like, um, get me in touch with Bose. We're going to try to put those noise canceling headphones on all these things. Strategy, man. I, I don't know. You should probably be on the team. <laughs> right, let's create so much noise that they can't distinguish one noise from the other. Let's just get both speakers and blast like Neil Pert drum solos throughout the fucking world. Yeah, honestly, that's that's all they really need to do. It's, it's just yeah. because like that waterfall. Now we're not even talking about the movie. We're just talking about fucking. <laughs> A quiet place. <laughs> yeah, this is not Harley Quinn adjacent, so no apologies. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. Killian Murphy was the original <laughs> Scarecrow in the Christopher Scarecrow. Nolan films, and he is starring in A Quiet Place too. I feel I feel validated now. <laughs> Podcast continue. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Jake. Uh, Jake, you saw a Tenet trailer at the beginning of this thing? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Tenet. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like um, they, they built it as a prologue to the movie and they made it seem like it was something that wouldn't be in the movie, that it was like an exclusive three, four minute scene Fuck. that was taking place before the movie Tenet actually starts. Wow. So it was really interesting. It was like there was they were having this giant symphony in this big like hall, it looked like kind of like a Hollywood Bowl type setting. And all of a sudden, all these terrorists showed up. And we're going to explode the place. And then people that seemed to know what was going to happen before it happened all showed up, disguised themselves as the terrorists that were doing the job, and then basically saved all the people and stopped the bomb placement and knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. We're able to just go straight to the bombs and throw them out of the way. And it was just kind of a little sneak peek of it. And then when that scene was over, they showed like a sizzle reel that was the trailer that everyone else has seen, mm. but a shortened version, a lot more flashier. And then they build it as the tenant tra- like prologue. They actually called it that. Gave it. It even had like a credit reel at the end, yeah. which was a really kind of sold me that these were probably scenes that weren't even going to be in the movie. And this was directly before the movie starts. I'm telling you right now, Tenet, I think is my most anticipated movie of 2020. Oh yeah. I don't think there's another movie. Like I know, I know we're getting, 
I know we're getting Black Widow. I know we're getting The Eternals. I don't think there's another movie. I know we're getting Fast Nine. I don't care, man. Like I'm, I, I, I think Tenet's my most anticipated movie of the fucking year. I cannot wait for this movie. Yeah, I feel like this is one of the biggest gaps we've had in between Nolan movies too. So mm-hmm. I can understand why people would be so excited for this. Uh-huh. And it's, I, I, it's been three years since Dunkirk now, right? Yeah, it's been a while since Dunkirk. God, Dunkirk was incredible too. Yeah, talk about nonlinear. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Jay, have you seen Dunkirk? That'll blow your goddamn mind. No. Yeah, you need to watch Dunkirk if you don't. If, if yeah, Jake's talking about nonlinear shit. Jesus Christ. Man, That's I crazy. love Nolan shit. Yeah. Mm. I'm surprised you haven't seen Dunkirk. Yeah, I haven't seen much. <laughs> <laughs> Not watching much, but yeah, I, I do love Nolan. Always have. Man, he he hit me hard with Memento, and I've never stopped. So. Mm-hmm. The Prestige has always been my favorite. Oh, I love The Prestige. Yeah, yeah. God, he just ah, uh, woo. What do you think? Okay, do you think? Okay, if if we do get another sequel, I hope they give Ali Wong a little bit more to do as uh, District Attorney Assistant Ellen Yi. Yeah, in the next movie. Yes, and like very. Yeah, I mean, I like. Yeah, what was she doing? It, it, there wasn't much connection there to me. But. Well, she she was Montoya's ex girlfriend. And so oh, okay. there's that whole part of their relationship that needs to kind of be explored. Yeah. You know, like that needs to be explored that they could definitely throw that into the next movie. Um, when they when she when when um, when Harley is doing her narration, when she first introduce introduces Ellen Yee, she starts talking about how she was Montoya's ex and and. I mean, when you watch the movie, like the moment Ellen Yee betrays her and tells the chief, you know, like what she's been doing, you could just see the looks between them. Like, oh, my yeah. God, I can't believe you're doing this. And she even throws out like the, you know, Ellen even like it was in one point of the movie throws out uh, kind of like the reason it, I what I believe the reason that they broke up is her drinking. She's like, oh, why don't you go drink another drink? You know, it's before noon or whatever. Why don't you go drink another drink? I'm paraphrasing. But I think, like, one of the main reasons that they probably broke up was because she had a a problem with alcohol. Later on in the movie, after she gets fired, we see her getting ready to torture shit, and she's fucking Mm -hmm. drinking whiskey. So I think that that, that's some more shit, you know, that they could could explore further on down the road. We could get maybe a little bit more Ali. I love Ali Wong. I think she's hilarious. I think she's, uh, really, uh, you know, I, you know, her, her stand up specials are great. Uh, you know, I love her, that, that fucking rom com movie that she did on, uh, Netflix was really fantastic. Uh, they didn't give her a lot to do in this movie. And I think that they could really explore her and Montoya's relationship going forward. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, something to explore. And I mean, yeah, and Huntress too, man. Like, I just, I loved her. I loved the, it, it was almost reminiscent of Black Widow in a way where they're showing the scenes of her family getting shot down and stuff. Yeah. And there, there's a lot, there's a lot to explore with all of this. So that's why, like, I am, I will definitely see a sequel if they make one. I hope they do, but man. And and I do, yeah, Margot Robbie, just watching Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is fantastic in itself. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
There's a, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, I watch this one again, and it may you it might improve a little bit more for you. You know, I think it will. Yeah, after talking to you guys, I mean, I just you know you don't you have your own opinion, but I do like hearing other people's sure. point of view, and yeah. it, it does change things. So you know, I I do like your perspective on it. So. Yeah, I could see there's certain movies that I go into and I expect them to be one way. And then when Jay, Jay, here's what maybe this is what happened to you. You go in, you expect the movie to be a certain way. And then by the time you realize like, like this is not the way I expected this movie to go, the pacing, the, the tone, everything, you're already more than halfway into the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so <laughs> by that point, like it's hard to get kind of like, into this world because you've already had like these, you know, preconceptions about like what this movie should have been, how it should have been. I've, I've been there. I've been there. I, I felt like that when I watched the movie hereditary and mm-hmm. by the end of that movie, I was just like, ah, this is, this is not the movie that I thought it was going to be. And you know, it, it, I'm, I'm still dragging my feet on watching that movie again, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I think maybe the, the marketing has a little bit to do with it too. I think, you know, as far as like the box office goes, I think a lot of it, they didn't really promote this to me in the right way. I agree with you. So I think that's part of the problem. A lot of people just aren't going to see it, even though it is entertaining. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Jay. Here's the thing. Somebody goes and they see it, but they see a trailer. You showed me the whole movie. <laughs> I feel like I've seen the whole movie now. I can right, tell you everything right. that happens beat for beat. And then when we see something like this where I feel like they really held back on it, then people they are did, like, yeah. oh, this movie's garbage. This movie <laughs> looks like a pile of shit. It looks stupid. I have no interest in seeing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's no... We're, Where's the fucking in between? I think right, the, the honestly, the only in between that I can see is when you've built up such an amazing relationship with your fans and you've yeah. given them such amazing shit over maybe, I don't know, a fucking MCU decade. And then you can give us an endgame trailer that still makes no fucking sense, that teases a bunch <laughs> of bullshit that doesn't look, I mean, that we don't know. We don't know. Why is fucking, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, why is, why is Thanos in a, in, in a field, you know, doing that? He's in a field that looks like it's the field that, that, uh, fucking Russell Crowe's dead wife from Gladiators in. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing his hands on wheat. Rubbing his hands yeah. on wheat. Why is that happening? What, it, right. But that was somehow satisfying. It yeah. was exactly. <laughs> but, but see, that's the thing. It, that's satisfying. And I'm going to say that I felt, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. Like that trailer showed oh, yeah. us fucking nothing. It, it, it asked more questions. It gave us answers, but they gave us 10 years of fucking movies that we love. Now here's the, but this, like, with the DCEU, it's like, we're second movie in on Harley Quinn, and we didn't love, you know, Suicide Squad, so we get a trailer like this, we're just like, oh man, I can't believe that you and McGregor signed up for this shit, you know, like that's, <laughs> and, and, I don't know, I don't, what, what's the, where's the, like, how, I mean, I, I do agree with you, Jay. That I think like the the marketing on this one was a little lackluster, yeah. and I and I think like they didn't put out the best kind of stuff to show us 
to get us excited to go see this movie, to be quite I honest mean, if with they, you. If they showed, like, the action scenes more or something, like, that would have probably drawn more people to see it. And, yeah. like, it's totally not garbage. Like, yeah, but then again, see this. but then again, you show, you, you, you start doing that, Jay. Then they're telling, then, and then you got fucking, uh, fuck nuts McGee over there yelling about you showed me the whole fucking movie. Right. I, right. I, oh, I wish I wouldn't have seen that in the trailer. Like, I haven't heard somebody say that a million goddamn times, but it's true. I, I'll I probably say it. I prefer marketing to showing too much. Like, between the two evils, I would definitely prefer the don't show and don't sell your movie correctly to. Yeah, but know, then you get a. But, 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 Jake, Jake, but when does that, like, when do you know? When do you know? Because when does that, when does doing that give you a $33 million opening weekend? Like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Because honestly, honestly, Jake, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if the trailer, if the, the first or second trailer would have ended with Harley Quinn throwing that goddamn bat, doing that boomerang bat bullshit, if the trailer would have ended with that, and if the, if they would have gave us that and a red band trailer where she says, I'm Harley fucking Quinn, dude, I'm telling you, maybe, maybe that would have got more people excited because that, that action scene, was engrossing. I was like so invested in that action scene when she's going around and she's hitting people with that fucking bat. And, uh, I don't know, man. I, I yeah. Why not? Um, if you're not going to show that scene, why not at least in the trailers sell us on the fact that the John wick, you know, choreographer is the one involved with these. Yeah. Yeah. Is like, how hard would it be to throw up that text real quick? Yeah. Yeah. And then leave us wondering. We're like, oh, my God, what are these action sequences going to be like? If they're anything like John Wick, it's going to be insane, which yeah. they were. <laughs> yeah. And I and I didn't know that going in at all. I had no idea that was going on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like a, a little bit of a truce there by just saying that he did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something. Uh, yeah. The, where is the balance in these movies? Because, like. People, just, I think a lot of people also just assume that any DC movie is going to be shit at this point. So they have a lot to kind of get over, too. So it's hard. It's hard finding that balance. And I don't want to see this movie overlooked. Yeah, but Aquaman. Means. Aquaman, man. I mean, that right. movie made hand, money hand over fist. True, true. But uh, but on yeah, the this, flip side... The movie it's, also felt like a part two, though. And I think people were burned by part one. Yeah, is it? I mean, is it, it, it? Honestly, is it? Is it? Did Momoa make the difference in Aquaman? Talk to me, Paul. What do you think? What do you think? Like, what's the difference between? What's the difference between Momoa making? You know, what was it like? Was it a billion? Like that made close to a billion, if not a billion. Aquaman. It was mm-hmm. huge. James Wan's Aquaman was huge. Like, what's the difference here? Like, why does that movie fucking make all this money, and then? And then we, we, we get to, to this movie, which I think like this movie is better. I think both yeah. movies are fun, but I think this movie is better. Why does it, Paul, do you, what are you thinking, dude? Well, I mean, I guess it's an easy, like, I guess it's a, it's an easy scapegoat to say maybe the PG 13 rating ah, helped Aquaman with good that. Point. I mean, cause, cause you definitely are tapping into a much younger audience. You know, you get a lot of, yeah. Young kids, the preteens, to go see it with their parents. What, are, you, are you are you telling me that you don't want to take your fucking uh, <laughs> hold on? You don't want to take your seven year old to see Erica dancing on a table? 
in this movie? <laughs> Who says I didn't last night? <laughs> <laughs> I would take my eight year old to see this before Deadpool. <laughs> sure, I, I don't. It, but it is one of those. It, it is one of those things where it's like you got, you know, you had scantily dressed. Harley Quinn in the PG-13 Suicide Squad movie. Now they're saying it's rated R. Like, are you really taking your kids? Are you really, you know, are you wanting to take little Johnny into this movie and have him walk out a man? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it was Pitbull. I think it was Pitbull's cover of Africa that really sold it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. God. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That's what fuck. did it right there. I forgot that was a thing. Fuck. <laughs> Jay, did you watch Aquaman? Uh, yeah, I, I did like Aquaman. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was I mean, fine. <laughs> it's Aquaman. <laughs> I like this better. I would say for sure. Yeah, but you gave it a low taste. It. It's a low taste. It. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> always knew where Batman was going to fit in in the Aquaman universe. So it's it a lot easier of a watch. As yeah. long as I know where Batman's going to be, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is it? What, what, what is this? Thing? Jay, Jay, you're like the neighborhood watch for Batman. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I, I imagine Jay going to like his uh, refrigerator right now, pulling out a milk carton, and on the back it's like, "Have you seen this man? It's Batman." Like, where, like, where's my, where's my Batman? That, sh- that should have been an Easter egg in this Birds of Prey movie. Jay, like holding up a newspaper. Where is this man? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this mass vigilante? <laughs> Hong Kong Fui? And that would have been like total Tupperware. Total Tupperware. Man, I loved. Uh, yeah, at the beginning of this movie, if they would have just explained where the fuck Batman was <laughs> and why he wasn't going to show up in this film, and is he going to be funny? <laughs> Jay would have been. He was more of an emancipation of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, just let me know beforehand. You know, just give me the cliff notes about where Batman is. And- <laughs> Jay needs Batman trigger warnings. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you would have just been told Batman wasn't in this movie before he saw it. Is he still pissed or is he just kind of having a good time? You know, that's what I want to know. Oh, man. (laughs) Jay would have just been like, and who is, who's playing him? Is it Ben Affleck? Is it Robert Pattinson? (laughs) No, it's Diedrich Bader. Diedrich? Oh, man. He's Batman in the the Harley Quinn animated series. Yeah, that's why that'd be awesome. Who's that? Diedrich Bader. Bader. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's really good, too. Oh man, I'm dude. Did you watch episode eleven, Paul? I I did, I did. I, I I get so pissed off when DC Universe taunts me with like you're six days away from the new episode. Yeah, like, dude. Like fuck you. What about Psy turning into the car? <laughs> did oh you? my god, that was that was like some of the best body like horror. <laughs> And yet funny at the same time in her and like the whole Harley Quinn uh, highway, which oh, yes. is totally ridiculous, but yet still works with the amount of taxpayer jokes that went into it. Yes, dude. The Harley highway I, I, is I, like I if somebody could make that a, a, a fucking level for Mario Kart, I would be so there. That's what I thought, man. 
Oh, that's what I thought too. Like, like, like now we're gonna get like a new Arkham game, which is just gonna be like Arkham Racing. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> Arkham Kart. <laughs> Arkham Kart, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Just Art Kart. I love this new. I love this new Harley Quinn animated series. We better get a season two. There has it been greenlit for a season two, Paul? I I have not. Well. I don't think it has, but I know that they have talked about where they want to go for season two, which is that they actually want to put Harley and Poison Ivy into a relationship, which was definitely kind of foreshadowed in this newest episode. Well, sure. Yeah. Like with the greatest fear and all that kind of stuff. Oh, man. This is this is one that snuck up on me. Like when we watched it the first time, I felt like you that they were kind of overdoing it at first. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. And it, th- this thing has ju- – it's grown into its own. It really has. I-, I was right there with you. Like I felt like at first they were just having a lot of fun with like the fact that it was R-rated and that they could get away with like all this adult humor. So like let's overuse the word fuck. Let's like do all this raunchy shit. And then they actually started to incorporate a story into it and then kind of like spread these adult jokes throughout it. And it's – I am just in love with this show. It is – all the people that are involved with this show, Wanda Sykes, J.B. Smoove, Diedrich Bader, um, all these voice Alex actors, Hudick, that, yeah. uh, Justin Halpern, who's like uh, involved in this, like they're all doing just a fantastic job. It's I'm just I mean, did you <laughs> I'm like all over the place, right? <laughs> Dude, fucking Clayface, like interrupting the Riddler. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That's so good. It's at the courts. It's at the fucking courts. <laughs> Dude, the Clayface's hand episode was great. We got to get another one of those. Like I, his relationship with Jim Gordon was just like oh. phenomenal. Like they need to make just like a 48 hours movie with those two. Oh, you are <laughs> that would so, be set. That would be so amazing. <laughs> Everybody, if you're not watching Harley Quinn on the DC Universe, like, I understand. They're wanting you to drop some coin on this DC Universe app, and they're not really giving us a shit fuck ton of new content. I get it. But I'm telling you, if you do have it and you're not watching it, get on that shit. It's fucking incredible. It's really fucking funny, and I'm really loving it. Anyway, I I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I think that, um, you know, like... At the at the end of the day, you know, it, it's called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, it is a Harley Quinn movie. It is a Harley Quinn movie, and it's. I guess you know, part of me, part of me can sit here and say like, yeah, I want, yeah, the Birds of Prey. They they need their own solo movie, which you know, honestly, I think like the next Birds of Prey movie, you got to incorporate Batgirl. That's my personal opinion. You can disagree with me all day, and that's fine. But on the flip side. I do want to see Harley interact with these ladies again. <laughs> I do. I really do. Yeah. I think this is a podcast that's going to have a lot of listeners listening to it that don't actually see the movie. And I, I would implore those listeners to go see this movie. If, I mean, for us to have any chance of this getting a sequel, word of mouth really has to push this thing. We need to have a better week two than we had week one. And that is possible. I mean, critics are really loving this movie. I, I feel like most people that see it are really liking it. So, I mean, honestly, I think once people find out Jay is on this episode, we'll get quite a few extra people listening to it that are just listening to it and not seeing the movie. And, Oh, I implore you to go check this movie out. Yeah, and then when they hear Jay's rating, they'll be like, ah, we're... 
Well, Jay, I, Jay, Jay himself, I'm sure would endorse you to go see this movie. I thought, I would, yeah. yeah, I would say go see it. Yeah, it's, it's you know, yeah. low tasted is not to not go see it. That's still to go see it, in my opinion. So go you, see it. And you love the action. It was just all over the place for you. It, yeah, there's a lot of uh, I'm just not I, I don't like things scrambled around too much in my brain. It's already like that. So <laughs> when the movie was playing, I'm like, yeah, I'm in my own head. So fuck. Um, I couldn't escape. I, I, I couldn't like really focus on it. So I'm going to go see it again. I may have a second opinion on that. Okay. I lo- Wait, Jay, we love you here. I love your opinion. I mean, you know, it's like, I always love to hear like the other opinion of somebody who felt differently than me. I think, I think it's valuable because there are going to people that, there are going to be people that go into this movie, they watch this fucking movie. And they they walk out of it and they're like, yeah, it didn't do it for me. I don't know why. It just didn't. It was kind of all over the place. And, like, you know, you're the voice of that person. Yeah. And I appreciate your guys' perspective because it makes me want to see it again. So um, there's a lot of valid valid points in that. And, you know, like I said, it's not a terrible movie at all. I, I I think if you got time to go see it on the weekend or anything, go fucking see it. So yeah, if you have an AMC A list, like you have no excuse not to see this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean everything that's playing right now. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I honestly, I think Bad Boys for Life is going to take the weekend again. I don't you know what this might be number one, but th- mm. that's not that's not saying much on the. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Did you February see February is traditionally a bad month anyway? What's that, Jay? Yeah. Did you get? Did you guys see Bad Boys? I did. I didn't see. It. I did. Okay. It's fucking awesome. Is it? Yeah, it's fucking awesome, and I hope it gets another movie. Like they, oh shit! They set it up for another one. It's 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 fucking great. It's really fucking good. I love the first one. I I just again like the trailers for it were kind of shit. So I, I didn't agree. really I didn't really uh, have any interest in it. But I'll <laughs> I'll watch it. It's really it's really fucking good, man. We we wrapped early. <laughs> Two weeks ago, when I went and saw it, and, and I I loved it too. It, okay. And I agree. I the trailers itself, the lack of Michael Bay. Both no, those well, hold on. Was it, me not give a fuck. There was mm-hmm. a lack of Michael Bay, but then there was Michael Bay. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, physical Michael Bay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh shit. He's the, he's like the he's like the wedding DJ in this fucking movie or something. Jay, it's fucking hilarious when you see him. Yeah, I will fucking see it. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, and, that, and it felt yeah. more like a stamp of approval than like James Cameron's ever given any of his projects. Right, that he doesn't direct. Right, like it, it made it really feel like this thing had Michael Bay's blessing, um, and it definitely was way more entertaining than any of the two trailers, which have you believe. I was right there with you, where the trailers just made me straight up not want to see this until I heard Brian and a couple other people say how much they enjoyed it. This is really yeah. good. Yeah, I now, j- work on your trailers. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, but here's the thing: like, Bad Boys for Life made a shit fuck ton of money, though, dude. Did it? Okay. Yeah, it made like yeah. it was. It was. It was. It's been number one in the box office for the past three weeks now. And Man, yeah. Like, wow. I don't know. I'm surprised. Yeah. For sure. I attribute that to Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. I think people were very excited to see them back in a movie again, even without seeing a fucking trailer. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy because like Rhythm Section comes out last week. Uh, as well as the uh, Gretel and Hansel, and like you know, they're not even close to the number one spot. 
you know, mm-hmm. and like fucking, I don't know, underwater gets buried. Underwater people go watch it if it's still playing. I heard that you. was good. It's, yeah, it is. It's 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 actually a good movie. Like I gave it a taste it favorable review. I mean, it's bordering on a high taste it for me. I I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's mm. very good. Yeah, I want to watch that for yeah. sure. Jay, it's been so nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice talking to you guys. Oh, I agree. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, come back sooner, Jay. Oh yeah, I it's will my fault. Sure. It's my fault. Like I it's, I haven't asked you on in forever, and then that's oh, all right. And then I was Sorry. like, I was just like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? Let me ask you. <laughs> Jay was Jay was gung ho about it. Not yeah. not not oh, yeah. not gung ho from GI Joe about it. <laughs> but he was gung ho as far as far as like his enthusiasm about coming on the episode. Paul, your first episode with Jay, how does it feel? That's uh, awesome. It's fucking amazing. I'm so happy to be on with him. It's I you know, I like a lot of listeners loved all the you know loved hearing him on, on all the earlier episodes and it's it's awesome when he comes back and to be a part of an episode where he's on, it was an awesome surprise when um I picked up the call today. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I'm full of surprises. <laughs> Jack in the box over here. We didn't tell Paul because we knew about the beef those two had, and we didn't want to have to deal with any of that. Huge beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> oh shit, man! Keep it classy, guys. It's a fuck. Ton, there's a fuck ton of movies coming out next week. Fuck ton of Sonic. movies. Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to be on Scenic Cast next week, guys. So oh, nice. make sure that you're listening to uh, Stephen Kova on Scenic Cast because I'm going to be on there. And I next week, what am I watching? Oh, my God. I know I'm watching. The, uh, Jake, I'm getting in four movies next week if I can. Holy shit. Four. I'm going to do on Friday. I'm going to be knocking out. Uh, I'm going to do a twofer. Um, I'm watching Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, can't find the Lodge anywhere. The Lodge came out this weekend. It, I don't think it's like a wide release yet. Um, I'll be watching, uh, The Photograph. I'll be watching Fantasy Island, the new Blumhouse film. And then, is that based off the TV show? It's, it's loosely based on the TV show. It's, it is the property. Though. It's the property, but they're giving it a horror feel. I got you. Uh, yeah, okay. I got that from the trailer. It was very confusing to me. Um, and then, uh, Downhill, I'll be watching the new, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus movie with, uh, Will Ferrell, that Downhill movie. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that, man. that looks fun. hilarious. That Rated My R- goal is to try to cram in Lock and Key before next episode. Uh. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be starting Lock and Key actually tomorrow. Um, watching all that. Paul, man, have, Paul you, st- have you started it? I, I did. I stopped it last night, and then I powered through it today. Christ, it, what, dude, what are you just? What are you rating it? I like for me personally, I'm gonna give it a low taste it just because I'm so I'm in love with the comic book, and yeah. it is so watered down from like the gore and Jesus Christ and it's all like Paul's that. Batman. It is. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the blood? This like, is what no, like. This is what we've been waiting on for like like nearly a decade. Is this uh, then? It's so like I'm it, sorry. It's so, 
um, Johannes said it perfectly. He's like they. He's like what they did was they gave it the Stranger Things feel to, ah. you know, to make it more accept like like they definitely made it more accessible to like I could see like younger kids probably eight to teenage really enjoying this right like, like I said and um the the fucking guy that gets Montoya's promotion has a huge role in this uh, okay and um. In lock and key, but yeah, it's and the fucking kid from it, he just needs to stay away from wells and sewers. Jay, not to confuse you, not to confuse you, he doesn't play the same character in it. Okay, so it's not part of a bigger kind of universe. Oh shit! You have to also be worried about Batman and lock and key. Where is Batman? Yeah. Well, then I Tupperware it. Fuck. <laughs> it's a Tupperware for me. Then I was like, I was like, when, when, I was like, when does he pass up Montoya in this fucking series? Next time, next time we have Jay. Next time we have you on, we'll have you on for a regular episode where we can just like dick around. Okay, you know what I mean, that'd like, be fun. We're not yeah. kind of constrained to talk about like because like that's the, that's the thing. Like we're kind of constrained to talk about a movie, and here you are. We're talking a movie about a movie that we loved, and you did not love and so it's like <laughs> this feels like classic J to me pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll have you like next time we have you on we'll have you just on like a regular episode where we can just bullshit yeah I'm looking forward to that for yeah. sure so I'm I'm game yeah we'll do that we'll do that hopefully sooner rather than later yes yes Man. Paul am I dude are you gonna don't hey, hold on. I gotta ask you this, Paul. Guys, yeah, we stopped. Yeah. Listen, people, if you're still listening and we're we're done talking about Harley Quinn, you can drop off right now. I don't want to hear like I don't want to hear like oh for the last for the last 15 minutes of the episode, all they did was talk about uh, <laughs> I, like seriously, stroke their own dicks and egos. I know, <laughs> like yeah, and, 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 and fuck off, God damn it, you mother. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> like I, they're gone now. It, I don't know. It, it, it's free content. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, we stopped talking. About how, just hit stop right now. You probably don't like. You don't like. Oh, I don't like the way he's coming at me right now. I am gonna hit stop. No, I'm gonna. I'm. Gonna, I, I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna listen to this man telling me to hit stop right now. You don't. You don't tell me what to do. All right, then fine. Stick around. Um, spite listen. Yeah, spite listen. Oh, got spite store in fucking curb your enthusiasm is killing me. This 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 fucking spite store in Curb Jake, you know what I'm talking about. This spite yeah, store. Yeah, oh yeah. I've been keeping up on Curb. It's been <laughs> I think this season's better than last. It's so good. Anyway, Paul, are you gonna be going to C two E two? I'm trying. I am I don't talking wanna, to somebody there about There is no try. Place. Don't make me go Yoda on you right now. There is no try. <laughs> I will be there Saturday night. You promise? I promise. Dude, I I think you promise. Uh, don't. If there's no Paul. I'm fucking breaking things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna knock over the glass tower. If there's no Paul, I need to see that glass tower. Uh, I need to see that glass oh, tower. My. No, I. Yeah. Um, e- even if it's just for a couple hours yeah. at the yeah. hangout afterwards, I will make the drive from Milwaukee. I'm gonna give you a hug, you son of a bitch. Aw. Oh. I might, we might even make out in the corner. I might stick a finger, I might, I might stick a, I might, I might stick a finger in your butthole, Paul. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, 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 I see your hug and raise you a reach around. Whoa! 
controversial. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, birds of prey. Put it in. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I've I've definitely I've been trying to find affordable place to stay because I feel like once I get there, I'll want a couple beers and then me with yeah. Wisconsin plates driving back through Illinois. Yeah, it's just it's just a ticket for a DUI. Yeah, oh, someone, got, someone's bound to let you squat with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, there's definitely been some offers. So, so it's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty. Oh, yeah, God. it's gonna happen. Paul's just worried about a finger in his asshole that night. That's what it comes. <laughs> no, to. that's why I want to. I mean, that's the least. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 that's the selling point there, buddy. I mean, are you tell? Are you shit, telling me? Uh, it it won't I be. My mute was on. You tell me it won't be my finger. Are you talking? <laughs> we'll play a round of guess the finger. Yeah. I feel sorry if like this is your first episode that you've ever listened to, and you just came to listen to Birds of Prey shit. Because like, yeah, shit gets like honestly, if somebody has a problem with fucking like us talking like this at the end of an episode, and you just got out of an R-rated Harley Quinn movie, fuck you! Oh my yeah, god. Right. Oh, uh, here yeah. comes the throwback. The name to the finger in the asshole game is going to be "You don't fucking know me." <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a Who's, classic right there. I think that was so and so. You don't fucking know me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Jay, you went off like a motherfucker that episode. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> ah, alcohol. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, man, Jay. Yeah, thank you so much, Jay. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I God appreciate damn. the offer to come on, so I'm I'm happy to be here. Man, people remember. People remember. I, I see the hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag never forget Jay. Never forget Jay. <laughs> Even though Jay forgets himself, no big deal. <laughs> Man. Uh, Jay, plug your YouTube channel. Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Plug it. I don't give a shit. Go for it, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't don't seek out Jay's YouTube channel. That, that doesn't find exist. Me. I made that. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just put it in the show notes. <laughs> Do that. Like your style. I won't. I won't. Hey, you guys been watching uh, McMillions on HBO? Yes. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, we're going to – guys, we're going to come back. I'm going to have so much to talk about next week. It's going to be insane. I'm going to be talking about Lego Masters. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to be talking about Ali and Cavett, the tale of the tapes, the Muhammad Ali and Dick Cavett fucking documentary coming to HBO. Looks incredible. Shit. Looks fucking incredible. The relationship. Uh, February 11th on HBO. Okay. Shit. I'm watching. Yeah. Remember when HBO used to have those? They had like a series of boxing docs. Those were so awesome. Yeah. There was like eight of them in a row. Like half an hour documentaries about different famous matches. I forget what that show was called, but I loved it. Uh, I was watching uh, Punky Brewster and uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler was on an episode. Mm. Oh wow! 
he taught blast from the past. He talked. I loved him when I was. Oh kid. god damn it! Him and Sugar Ray Leonard when they used to go at it. Jesus Christ, those are some of the best fucking. When Sugar Ray Leonard went from lightweight to middleweight and took on marvelous Marvin Hagler, those were incredible boxing matches. God damn it! You ever watch one of those? Jesus Christ, and incredible, just incredible. Fuck, like you're talking about two guys like. That were just like marvelous Marvin Hagler, just power, and then you had Sugar Ray, who was just like, just like speed and skill. It was just those, just incredible like uh, feats of athleticism. Watching those two go head to head, boxing just ain't the same anymore, man. It's not. It's no. not. There's nothing to get excited about. Yeah. You just don't have back in the day. Whew. Yeah, you just don't have like the days where it's like you got fucking Ali, Frazier, and and uh, Foreman, and mm. I mean it's just it's just not what it is. You know, it's not yeah. what it was. Excuse me. So, yeah, man, fucking Jesus Christ, Tyson. Who would win? Mm. Who would win? Tyson or Ali in their prime? Who wins? Tyson. I would have to go with Tyson. Yeah. He was a beast, man. Tyson. Yeah. He was he's a, got, he, he's Tyson. Got the, he's got the finesse and just more raw power behind him. Tyson would have destroyed Ali in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Tyson would have destroyed Ali. And Ali was fantastic, but it's a different style. So, fuck. You know, I, I, I even think, I even think fucking Ali in his prime versus Mike Tyson when he was fucking 19. Oh, Tyson would have torn him up. I think 19-year-old Tyson would have destroyed Ali in his prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Closer fight, but, yeah, I still agree, Tyson. Tyson was hungry, man, and that was the thing. He was just hungry. Man, loved watching him box. Loved Ali, too, though. God. Yeah, but, man, if you watch watch some of those, like, later uh, Ali fights when he's, like Mm – on the decline, man. It's like we all remember like those great fights, but man, towards the end of and same thing happened to Tyson though. But yeah. but you know, like uh, towards the end of his his career, it was some ugly fights, some yeah. ugly fights. You know, you're seeing Ali get beat by like some bums. Same mm-hmm. same thing with Tyson, man. It was it was sad to see him get beat by bums. Yeah, yeah, like Buster fucking Douglas. Well, that was that was a completely different thing. Buster Douglas, that was a completely different thing. That was the, his first loss ever, and that was like after he lost his um that was after he lost his trainer that he'd been working with forever. And he put on a bunch of weight. Buster Douglas um had just lost his mother. And so he was fueled by that, wanted to win it for his mother. There was just so many elements going into that fight before it happened that just were like against Tyson. And here's the thing, like that's his god damn it, I'm still recording. We're not even talking about Harley Quinn. You could <laughs> you could have stopped any more. I'm I'm gonna end this real quick. But um that was his first fight in Japan. And they were billing this as like, oh you're gonna get to see like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get to see, you know, Tyson in person. You know, like this fucking this beast, this monster. You know, they were comparing him to Godzilla over there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And he was just going to come over here and just, just destroy, he was going to go over there in Japan, just destroy Buster Douglas. And then he gets beat. I, I was watching that. I, we had HBO. I was watching that fight live. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. And it was I, shocking. I was, yeah, I was just like, what the, what the fuck is going on? This makes no sense. Reality is over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my brother-in-law has, uh, Paris signed Mike Tyson boxing gloves and those black shorts that he's, that he was known for wearing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have to take a picture cool. of that. Like post it up on Twitter or something. It's pretty badass. Yeah, he was one of the best for sure. I mean, they all get fucked up, punch drunk, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what do. happens. That's what happens. But oh, you know what movie I watched uh, a couple weeks ago, Jay? It's on. Um, oh fuck, I, I think it's on Crackle. Yeah, it's on Crackle. Gladiator from 1992. The body, oh, I love yeah the Cuba Gooding Jr. one. Oh no, I haven't. Oh seen that. yeah, you've never seen the seen that. the boxing movie. Oh yeah, no, I have. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I t- totally forgot. It's it's uh it's free to watch on Crackle. Yeah, I love that fucking movie. Oh, man. it's My so mom good. Got that for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Jake, you yeah. liked it too? Yeah, it was great. Oh fuck! That was one of those HBO staples. Like you just watch it every time it was on. Yeah, Brian Dennehy at the end of that. I was watching that movie, and at the end of it, I was like, you know, Brian Dennehy would have been a goddamn good kingpin. Back in the day, oh, yeah, for, for Marvel, yeah. yeah, he would have been a good kingpin too. I know, like Vincent D'Onofrio is like he's like my he's like the pinnacle of like kingpin. But back in the day, if we would have had like you know like a Daredevil series back then, Brian Dennehy would have been really good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm done. I, I just I wanted to talk to Jay a little bit more. <laughs> Can't blame you. <laughs> we'll we'll have Jay back on everybody. Uh we'll have him back on in the future. We'll do a regular episode with you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. It was a blast. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with episode three twenty one. See ya. Later, y'all. Go see birds of prey. Yeah. Do it. Jay, you called it turds of prey. <laughs> don't, even, don't even lie. No, I'm kidding. He totally did The not. constipation of... Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. So much X-Lax was bought in this movie. <laughs> the title the title was too long for me, guys, and that's yeah. why I gave it a low rating. Oh, God. That no, fucking... could, you should have said that from the beginning. I would have got it. That title was a mouthful. You love the title. I was the one pissing and moaning about the title, Jake. Don't, don't, don't. I, I was just making a joke how I always complain about things being too long. I know. I was, <laughs> I know. I was being literal. <laughs> All right. We'll no, see. I, I did love the title from the jump. Oh, fuck the title. That was ridiculous. It should have just been called Birds of Prey. Uh, yes. Hashtag. Or, or Harley Quinn. Hashtag Harley Quinn's in this too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week with episode 321. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftover.
Just picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture pushed over. Pop culture. Leftover. And we uncool kids. What's to say's already been dead. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture. Leftover, and the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover, only talent, it's the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.